Welcome to episode 128 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. This is live on location at the Corpus Christi, uh, Herps Corpus Christi Show. Corpus Christi Show. It's hard to say. In the middle of a damn hurricane. <laughs> it is It is wet. Well, it's not a hurricane, but it is a tropical system. I think it's a tropical depression, or did it ever get that I don't strong? think it got that high. It didn't get that I think high. it was just an invest, but still. Yeah, I think I was out there. As long as I get the beach this weekend, life will be good. You mean, don't, don't pretend. Okay, no, we're not playing that game. We're not going to pretend we're, like we're no, recording we're, on we're, Friday? No, we're recording this intro at the end of Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I'm, We've already interviewed everyone, been yeah. to the beach. I was going to pretend. No, I thought I we were pretending. I want to reference stuff because we went to the... Uh, we went to Texas Sea Life Center. The Texas Sea Life Center it yesterday. It was beautiful. I almost cried. Thank you for taking my son. Yeah. He had he yeah, fun things. Always... By the end of the day yesterday, I just wanted to eat and go to sleep. He was fabulous. He's we, always great for us. We got to see actual sea turtles somebody. like up close without glass between us. and It was beautiful. Like head. At that point, I didn't even care if we didn't go to the beach. That's how awesome it was for That's me. That's how I knew it was a good day when she was like, yeah, we can just go home. I don't, I don't care. I can't believe you didn't take her up on that. Yep, <laughs> I didn't know. If the kids wouldn't have been in the car, maybe. Yeah. Logan was looking forward Joe to Joe and Logan were excited about going to the we, beach. On this episode, I will make sure it's on this one because we got a few interviews and this will probably be split into two episodes to give us a break at some point again. Uh, but we did interview Amanda from the Texas Sea Life Center and I'll put it on this one. And uh, it's a great place. They had... Uh, the Texas tortoises there. They had some of those. They had Diamondback Terrapin. Please donate money to them. They need it. Yes. yes. Please donate. I saw those turtles. They eat a lot of food. So they feed 40 pounds of fish a day. To the six turtles. Just to the six turtles. Just to six of those turtles. And that's only until they get more in. Yeah. And then they also have to do medical treatments on the green sea turtles. Because we saw those uh, those masses, the herpes masses that they talked mm-hmm. about. We saw those in them. It's... Ooh. They have to laser cut them off and everything. That that stuff's not free. I just I just watched her go buy frozen rodents. It was four hundred medium rats. Yeah, uh, because they also have reptiles there, and, and it was they, for the raptors too. They feed the raptors. They they, they had um, two. Why uh, can't I think of the little kestrels? They had two a pair of kestrels. They had the caracara. They have the barn owl. Barn owl, not barn owl. Barn owl. Uh, and then they also have to feed their porcupine and mm-hmm. the Diamondback Terrapin. And well, and we'll t- we talk about it when we interview her, but um, actually, I guess when we actually when we had Chris Payne job on, we talked about this, that in the city of uh, Corpus Christi, pretty much everything is illegal. Yeah, they have a whole bunch of stuff that had to be sur- surrendered so to them. So they're constantly getting surrenders when the city finds, oh, this person has a boa or this person has a carpet python. They had two or three boas. They had a... Like a a Nile or a water monitor? I can't remember. They had a yeah. black throat monitor, a savannah monitor. Yeah, I think mean, all monitors are. They had a carpet python, just stuff that they don't want, but people had and they had to take. Yeah. And then luckily they're there to be able to take it. So, yes, if you come down to Corpus Christi, that's definitely one to visit. But I want to give a shout out to our sponsors real quick because this is the intro. Katie, you want to go ahead and. I am. If look, you're she's looking. Even ready. I was. I know. If you are looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit LS Reptile Racks today to pick up to order... What? Oh, I was distracted by. <laughs> Sorry, Otis. I had to tell you. I no, was hoping he would wait till you were done. Look how sweet he was. He's just <laughs> resting on the table. He's wore out from this show. Uh, you can visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to the Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Yes, and this is coming out this week. So our next show is Brian College Station. Uh, next Herp Show, Brian College Station. That is August twentieth and twenty first. We will be there. If you need a rack cage, come out and be there. Robert will have racks in cages. As soon as you enter. 
take a right and you'll see them. And then I'll be set up next to them. Uh, Austin, Texas is August 27th, 28th. Conroe, Texas. Come on out to Conroe, Texas, September 10th and 11th. New Orleans, September 17th and 18th. Waco, Texas, October 15th, 16th. Lafayette, Louisiana, November 5th and 6th. And then the old Pearland show, November 12th and 13th. Again, we'll get to sleep in our own beds. Uh, if you are in the South Alabama, North Florida, Georgia area, go over check out our friends at Wiregrass Exotics in Ozark, Alabama for all your reptile and feeder needs. Uh, go there. I'll give away again for this month. This is being sponsored by Colossal Constrictors. We're giving away a bunch of red line uh, cleaning tools, which the scrapers and all that, which I've used. They are great. All you have to do is go over to our Facebook page, find the post that's pinned to the top, and tell us your favorite thing in your reptile room that you use. Not favorite animal, but the favorite tool or whatever you use in your reptile room. Again, a lot of people put pump sprayers. They're, they're one-gallon pump sprayers. They love those things. Didn't somebody put their air conditioner down? Maybe. That's probably my... I know I probably thought it. Oh, okay. I think that every time I talk to somebody who was like, no, my snake room's 85 degrees. Fuck that. I would die. <laughs> uh, and then, again, if you need a great LED UVB light bulb, check out VivTech products, and you can use combo, combo, code GUMBO22 for 15% off on your order. It's a great bulb. It'll last four years or more. They are wonderful. We all use them and love them. Uh, I think that is it. You will be hearing uh, probably three interviews from on this episode, and again, we will play the rest of them on the next one, and then we're going to do some more interviews at Bryan College Station. So uh, I'm going to try and get enough interviews every time we do a show that I can try and put out one of these maybe once a month, once every other month. It gives us gives us a week off also. But uh, I think people like hearing from all the different breeders we can find at shows. So thanks for listening. Enjoy this episode. And we will see everybody uh, next week live again. I'm not going to say who our guest is. But it will be next week. We will be live on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It'll be Wednesday. We're going to roll into that the episode. 24th, I think. I think it's going to be the 24th. That sounds right. Y'all are a mess. Oh. Yes, August 24th. August 24th. So, enjoy the episode. Thanks. Goodbye. All right, so we are back. We, we haven't actually recorded our intro, but we're going to record our intro. So, when you hear this, we will have recorded an intro. And I didn't need to tell anybody this part. Why don't you just edit it and put the intro in front of it? I'm this? going to, but I felt like you I didn't want to hide anything from the listeners. So. Lord have mercy. <laughs> So we uh we are are at Herps Corpus Christi. What? Yeah, I gave up a weekend of working in my classroom to come to a show and go to the beach, and the beach may not even be an option because there's like a tropical hey, hey, dis- hey, depression hey. or we can, something. We can bitch about this in our pretend intro that we're going to record later and put ahead of this. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we're joined by Chris Painshop of Badlands Herpeticulture, and yes, his sir. daughter Lily, and his daughter Lily. If you can hear. In the back, she eats her. I'm sure she'll join us soon. She eats her crackers. <laughs> She's uh, doing music behind us. I love it. She's because if drums. you are at a show, you have vendor kids, and yes. vendor kids are all of our children. Vendor kids are them. annoying. They I know because I have not. one. <laughs> this is uh, this is her first show joining me. Oh, fun! And uh, she told me she would help me sell things. And now all she's done the entire time is ask me why I haven't sold anything. She did. I went over there. She walked. Up, Have you sold anything yet? And he goes, "Not yet." And he goes, "Oh." I was like, "Damn." <laughs> what are Robert you gonna to do you. with my money? Up oh, there's Never Robert. Never know. Robert was over there earning he money. Was, he was selling something. Come on, was, man. I did. I sold one snake. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I would like everybody to know. I, I just doubled my daily sales, which is not saying much. I uh, have sold lots of tickets coming in. James, can you turn my gate. headphones up a little bit? I can. 
I have the technology. Perfect. Thank you. That's there we go. Um, turn my headphones up a little bit too. There we go. So, Chris. Yes, sir. You, uh, you, do you headphones turn up, No, you need to talk into your microphone. I'm so talking into my up. microphone. You Maybe it's now. your headphones. Maybe. Maybe it's your ears. This is great radio. I know. I'm trying to do a, <laughs> trying to do a podcast here. And just, <laughs> Katie. Anyway. All right. Ask the man a question. <laughs> so Chris, Chris you, uh, so you, it's Badlands Herpeticulture is your business, but you also, people would know you from the Corn Stars podcast. Yes, sir. Yeah. You, you uh, do with Justin Smith. Yeah. I've been involved with the uh, Herpeticulture Network guys for a while. Uh, did a few episodes. Uh, and now we're doing the Corn Stars, uh, which I believe we're on seven episodes. Yes. Been super exciting. Uh, those guys have done a really good job, like we talked about with Justin, just reaching a lot of ears. Yeah. <clears throat> which has become such a special thing with that podcast in general. And this uh, is why your voice sounds familiar, because I just <laughs> realized who he is. And I'm like, he sounds familiar. But, uh, I'm like, but I don't recognize him, so we haven't hung out with him like after shows or anything. I, I'm the guy why. that goes on rants about how much I like like one specific detail of a <laughs> subsect of a hobby. And I get like insanely excited about it. Um, turns out it's true i really do i get really excited about stuff so what all do you keep i know you so you live in corpus right yes sir so that means you can't keep yes yeah so we have we have a boa exception uh we can't have pythons boas uh most species of rear fang uh and any varanids um there's some uh obfuscation to that law uh because it's using old genetic terms but uh yeah it's kind of a blanket statement i don't push it i don't risk it uh, yeah, so that, that kind funny. of limits the collection. Which is why our show is not in Corpus. Our show is in Robstown, Texas. Robstown, which is just Robstown outside Fairgrounds. Of. Yeah, it's just outside of Corpus. Uh, but yeah, my collection right now, it, it's, 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 it's a diverse collection, I would say. Um, I keep a lot of New Caledonian geckos, a lot of uh, gargoyle geckos, and Lichianus. Um, and <laughs> we're not going to edit this out. Lily's just going to be... No, no, it's, no, it's great. Uh and uh, also coleonics. So uh, I'm wearing a lizard brain radio shirt right now. Um, I've done an episode on coleonics. Yes, they we, are, lo- we love Bill. That's that's Bill. He's they awesome. They are, dude. Bill, Bill's great. Uh, we did have Bill on again. It's been a while. I know. I love just, what a sweetheart of a man, right? Nice dude. Uh, and and again, he's another one of those people just trying to get information into people's ears. Uh, but yeah, coleonics. So uh, I have almost the full gamut gamut of uh, coleonics in the hobby. So my trotus. I now have elegons thanks to uh, my buddy Dustin. Um, Variegatus, uh, Brevis. I have a couple locality Brevis projects yeah. that like nobody cares about that I still, I'm just like, <laughs> these are the best. Uh, that, that also leads into uh, a pretty diverse collection of North American colubrids. Um, so has living here shaped your collection or would, would your collection be different if you didn't live in Corpus? I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. It's, no, it's this fine. Is a, this is a live production. Sorry, she dropped uh, her cracker, cleaned it off on her shirt. It's okay. But it wasn't clean enough, so. <laughs> she's like, I got, there's a little bit of dust still on hey, it. she's cleaning up after herself. You leave her be. Sweetheart. Yeah. Um, so, so, she's dust. She's good. I, I want to say yes. I had a lot of rosy boas. Um, there's something about snakes that nobody likes that are locality specific that I just love. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, I, so I had a really neat rosy boa collection, and I was getting ready to start dipping into some samboas, which I believe you're, you're a big yes. fan of. Uh I really like the uh, the funky sandbows, like the Arabian. Oh, the Arabians! Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I know somebody who has bred them, and yeah. I am trying to get one. Those home. are the ones that have like glass eggs, right? Or, or the, they the, come out in like a those. So you have two egg layers. You have the um, Saharans. Okay, those are the ones that look like Kenyans that you always see on like importer tables. Okay, sure, yeah. And they lay that messed up egg that only yeah, incubates yeah, for like 14 yeah. days or less, and so then hatches. Weird. 
And then the Arabians lay, I think, a little more of a formed egg, and it goes a little longer. Yeah, it kind of looks, and it's like see-through, I think. Yeah, yeah it's really, really, so so there there's, was a lot of things like that that interested me, and as I was building the collection, I, I kind of did it slowly. Um, I knew there was a game plan in there to, to create some kind of a business, and I started with Rachidactylus. Uh, gargoyles are still one of my favorite animals, and that actually, I've never spent a penny of my hard-earned money on reptiles outside of gargoyles and Lichianus. Um, yeah. And, and so, Lichianus so, will be a lot of your hard-earned money. <laughs> they very much were. Uh, <laughs> well, the good I, thing is you live so close to Carl. And Carl's been a mentor of mine uh, since I was 14 years old. Yeah, it's Carl. Uh, anybody, we've had him on. Carl Vargas, who has such a sweet guy. Probably the best-looking lychees out yeah. there. Yeah, I have some of his granite lines, some of his Sakura lines. Some of those pink ones are insane. The Sakura lines. Oh man. Uh, I have you know most of my gar- gargoyles are actually uh, South Texas Gex uh, bacon line. Oh, so, those are those are cool ones. Yeah. Uh, through that. You know, being in herpeticulture for such a long time, having bred geckos since I was 14, uh, working with Carl, seeing his diverse collection, seeing the stuff he was working with, it morphed into a lot of things. But then once I got into snakes, so so I'm getting rid of my rosy boas because I found out they were illegal. I don't know how I didn't know that after all these years. Um, I still, to this day, have never held a ball python, uh, which is kind of funky. Is that a city of Corpus thing or a Nueces County thing? Yes, sir, city of Corpus. Okay. So the county, we're actually in Nueces County. Is totally oh, fine. yes. It's just a city thing. Um, you are legitimately at a reptile show and you've never held a ball I've pie never pie held pie. a ball pie. No, he's fine. No, 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 that. no. We don't need to fix that. You're good. You're good. <laughs> if I'm holding balls, are going to be my own. You hear me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, I, you cannot be that close to me when I just said that. Baby, you have to go <laughs> like, she Lily, was supposed to make it show up. I'll put you back in the crate. You ain't getting no water this time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's fine. I don't think our child has her phone so. on her because I've called her twice, so she's gonna get fussed at in a minute. Oh, are you trying uh, to get her to come over here and yeah. hang out? So, uh, so maybe to some extent, you're, you're kind of you know, my first snake that I ever owned was a, was an Alterna, uh, and Alter- I had some Robert loves snakes. Those. I love Alterna. Oh yeah, I, it's I found my first one last year. Uh, I I, uh, I produced a couple clutches this year of uh, some. Wild caught to F1 and some F1 to F1 stuff. Awesome. I'll, I'll turn her great. But yeah, so I, I, I uh, so the, the, I start, you know, I've got my uh, Pantherophis stuff. Uh, I've got some Lampropelta stuff. And then I start getting into Pichuophis. And I've kind of always been a Pichuophis fan, but I knew the, the warrant, like the, the, the trigger words, right? Like they're fussy. They, they crap all, all over the place. They squirt poop. They eat seven times a week. <laughs> and, and it's all true. But that to me kind of created this like intrinsic value of them, right? Like, it made me like them more because there was more personality. There was more interaction. They weren't a bump sitting in a corner that you maybe fed every yeah. two weeks. And, and, you know, rosy boas, as much as I love them, compare that to a pitchophis. You, you talk about a snake that is relatively lethargic, doesn't really want to be messed around with. They so, bite. Oh, fuck. My rosies bite all the time. They come out. I've got Mexican rosies, and yeah. every time I've ever had babies, they come out biting. Yeah, I, I, I just saw a post the other day in a group, and a girl was like, at a the pet store, they recommended that I get a rosy boa because they don't bite, but it keeps biting us. And I'm like, what? Every rosy boa I've ever Mine handled. was super nippy. Yeah. Um, and, and that's my child. I oh. Oh, I, okay. Back up. Sorry, that's my child. I promise I did not just send your child off with a stranger. If she, if she comes back with a turtle, we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so start getting into pitch office I, I kind of become enamored with these things this is six seven years ago so i know that's kind of the direction the collection is going to start going uh at one point i was going to try and keep and breed every species of pitch office uh that becomes a little more a little difficult. tricky 
legality. Uh, there's some legality. Uh, also, Lenny Atacalis, uh is Bimaris. I mean, if you ever see one, let me know because I'll buy it. Which one is that? So the Lenny Atacalis are the, the Mexican-lined pine snakes. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, and then Lenny Atacalis Gibsoni is, is another locality of them. Or not locality, but they are subspecies. Uh, and then I have Pitchophis vertebralis, which are a small species of Baja gopher snake. Oh, that's and cool. And they're very red. They have kind of the colors of oh. a red lie. Wow. Uh, and this they're... If you, oh, shit. The, which one is that? The li- Mexican line? Yeah, Lenny Atacalis. Wow. Uh, so also look up... Uh, Pitchophis vertebralis. They're gorgeous and they're tiny. They're about three foot as adults. Oh, compared to like, yeah, all your other pitch are big, heavy body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but by merit. So, anyways, I, I start getting into wow. this and I get, you know, black pine snakes and, uh, you know, obviously bull snakes. I've got some wild bull snakes. Uh, gophers, you know, San Diego. I start getting into all of this. I've got my locality rat snakes, you know, Chris Montrose. I'm sure you all have heard yep. that name passed mm-hmm. around. Uh, John Lasseter becomes a good friend of mine uh, through all of this, and now I've got Alterna and Leonis <laughs> and Max uh, Max and more Leonis and yeah. A lot of times your friends will affect your collection. Yeah, it, it's really it's really interesting. And then you know I meet the Herpeticulture Network guys, and now I've got Baird Eye and you know uh, Everglades rats that I'm producing every year. Boy, and- Robert has eight Doomrolls bows at his house because I had one stay at his house for a little while. <laughs> Wow. And my wife fell in love with them. And they're like, we need more. And then they got more. Doom rules. They're, uh, look, it's Carl Vargas. It's Carl. But through this this excitement, this connection, this web, this like amount of included friends that we find, and you're right, it absolutely shapes your collection. It, it, it shapes your intelligence, your knowledge of these species, bread lie, green tree pythons, you know, it, it, it it's a very special thing. And, yeah, it hasn't kind of defined the collection, yes. Uh, there, there's a few things. I really need stuff that's eating uh, frozen thawed. I'm yes. allergic to mice. Oh, uh, wow. I'm allergic to aspen. I'm allergic to grass. Oh, oh you sound like me. Yeah, I'm, I'm allergic that's... to everything other than happiness. I'm allergic to outside, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think James might be allergic to happiness. Uh-oh. No, I'm, I'm but yeah, so bitter sometimes. I'm not bitter. I, I tell the truth, and people just find it upsetting. <laughs> So, so through this, uh, yeah, so this year uh, we, we produced, I say we um, because I, I have uh, brain issues, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, black pine snakes, northern pine snakes, uh, San Diego gopher snakes, Leonis, two clutches of Alterna. See, I think it's a shame that black pines and Louisiana pines are, are okay, I'm going to phrase this, I'm glad that they are endangered because they get the protection sure. they need, but I think it's a shame that in the hobby-wise you can't really sell them as often. Because northern pines suck. They're really, I, I find them very boring. Like, just what? they're white and black, and I don't, they don't do anything for me. I find black pines are cool, and Chris I just is love like, well, here goes my headphones. I, <laughs> <We're done laughs> I just, I love the way Louisiana pines look. I just it's find because you pines. have Louisiana pines. Yeah. But I've seen black pines, and they just, I don't know. It's, I, I think, you know, my, my, uh, tank, my male, he's a Jersey Giant line from Thomas Davis style, yeah. uh, northern pines. He's over, he's about six and a half foot right now. Uh, adults or big ones can get about eight foot. There's something to see in the animal and how calm they are. And there's a stoicness to them uh, in a contrast. And, and, and I understand, not everybody likes black and white stuff. Uh, I guess also... I do. You do, that's boring. <laughs> They're also, when someone says, I have a pine steak, yeah. it's it's a northern pine. Like, 90% yeah. of the time, it's a northern pine. I, I, I get what you're saying about that stoicness. It's like, the, when they get that big, they know that there's nothing that's going to fuck with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they can just be themselves... Be, 
they could just be. Yeah. And they don't have to really worry about predators at yeah, that point. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and in their natural habitat, there's. What, maybe black bears? I don't, I don't know. You know that's up in like New Jersey. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know there's black bad. bears in New oh. Jersey for sure. Yeah, is there, then, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be large mammals. Yeah. are gonna be their only pred, pred, predation source. Pitchover's faces are so different from any other snake. Yeah, like one, they they look at you like uh, if people are used to like, and you have corn snakes. Like yeah. I own corn snakes, and they're there. Yeah, and and, and, and they're really neat. Uh, corn snakes fit a a specific part of this hobby. It's like Skittles, right? Like, we, we can have a, a million different colors. We can play all of our genetic games, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Uh, I can relate to other people because I have corn snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's if you come over to my house and you're afraid of snakes, the first thing that's going in your hand is a, is a corn snake, right? Yep. Like, and it, it's, and, and like I said, there's, there's a value to each of these emotions we get from these animals. So, I just don't think upstairs there's as much going on in a corn no. as there is in a pit no they're dumber than rocks <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they're bull, smarter bull than snakes, ball pythons bull snakes are also shockingly dumb yes uh i don't know what it is about specifically bull snakes but i i i had one uh eating my finger for about 20 minutes show me the picture that was uh, yeah. horrible there's a lot of blood yeah yeah it's a real dumb snake <laughs> and he, had, he was, he's about six foot it's a kankakee bull he's gorgeous man five foot he's five foot maybe uh and he had I went to get him off my fingers, so he wrapped up my other arm. So I've got the snake stuck on one hand, and then my arm wrapped oh. up with the you know snake that eats you know small rats. Like he's strong, <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to not hurt him because you know that that his name's Crash because he used to always smash around in his cage and destroy stuff. So I have Crash and Aku 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 from the old Crash Bandicoot game. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, and damn that snake's dumb, right? <laughs> like. Most things that bite you that want to eat you, I, my California king snakes. My, I have some uh, conjuncta, which are old school, uh, old school conjuncta. They're Baja California kings from Mexico, and uh, they are demons. They they come out of the cage flying. They bite you. They try to eat you, and it lasts about two seconds. They're like, "Oh wait, you're six foot tall, right?" <laughs> and the bull snake was like, "Nah, fam, we doing this." Yeah, and just sat there just gnawing on my finger, and I and, and I really didn't want to hurt it, uh, so I killed it. Um, <laughs> uh, he's good. He's gonna make a great belt. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Calm down, Katie. <laughs> Katie's like, wait, what the fuck? This just took a turn. I, I was like, uh... Have, have you seen the video this week? I think it's an Everglades rat trying to eat a baby deer. Of the deer. It's, it's trying to eat a baby deer. Nose. I've seen that, yeah. And it's yeah. not even bigger around than the deer's nose. Oh. <laughs> and the deer's just laying there like, what the fuck? I don't it's yeah. like, There's the like op- a fly on the deer's head, and the deer's like, what What are you doing, dude? They're the opposite of a subak who's like doing complex math while it's looking at you, like uh-huh. with its bulbous eye sticking out of the tub. I love Subox too. Subox are beautiful. Uh, Subox, uh, I had Rosale, so uh, Bogotrophus Rosale. Mm-hmm. My location, my humidity in my collection due to the geckos, I stay about an ambient 55 to 65%. Um, I will now and forever be known as the Baja rat snake murderer because uh, I've, I've taken down <laughs> two pairs now. Uh, that, that humidity is just not going to work. Um, and I do have to be careful. My favorite snakes in all the world uh, are uh, Pichovis Depii Janai. Uh, so North Mexican pines. Mm-hmm. Those are um, pretty. And I've slowly been building a little army of them. They're they're not the happiest in high humidity situations. So we just have to be careful with our, uh, you know, when I'm watering, spilling water, tons of ventilation. And they're kind of cool temperature too, which is nice. It hurts the humidity though, because the higher temperatures are going to um, evaporate the, the extra water, I guess, faster and get it out of those vent holes. So at a lower temp. I, I'm also saying this. Absolutely not knowing how any of this works. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I am not a doctor or scientist Science or whatever y'all call it. <laughs> I'm an engineer. I do math for a living. So, 
I'm a biology teacher. I stay away from math. <laughs> math is the only thing in my 11 years that I've never taught. I, I've tutored I've, kids in math. I do nothing but math all day long. Yeah, it's the best. Because I design and manufacture things. I run far away from it every time I see numbers. I, uh, I don't think I could teach math. Right. I just get so frustrated. I just start. I would literally just start crying. Sure. I'd be like, two Why plus two is what? I, I work with my kid. I'm like, Lily, all right, baby, two plus two is what? And she's all five. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> hold up the fingers and count them, baby. <laughs> oh, my stars. So I did one thing. I talked about uh, on our last episode. I did one thing with my, my pit, uh, my Louisiana pines that I've never owned before. I've had eggs to mine the other day, like <laughs> off my tongs, just like fed them pieces of egg. And this is a snake that normally if I have rats in the room, and I open the tub, he comes flying out because yeah. the feed response of those guys is insane. Yeah. What the egg? And he's like, oh, I'm just going to slowly take this out of the tongs and, and eat this. That's questionable about it, huh? He's like, I, I guess this is food. Yeah. Like, he got like two pieces, swallowed both, and I went for a third. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. That's enough egg. The the, the Pituovis, are, most of them are very good about taking uh, alternate prey sources, which is good. Uh, you know, a little plate of chicken hearts, uh, which you can get chicken hearts at the grocery store, usually pretty cheap. Keep them frozen, thaw them out. Uh I've ordered, I've ordered you can, chicks before for him. He's, yeah. Chicks are great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that the uh, value of nutrients inside of a chick is uh, is not as good as like a rat, but three chicks cost one rat, and I can give you three chicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's – I think varying diets on anything, if you can do it, is just the way to go, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you think about it, we don't want to eat the same thing. I, I absolutely over only want to eat over pizza. And over. I was say I'll take pizza. Yeah, pizza and uh, a, a sweet little treat we call beer. Uh, <laughs> I have found so I've done with mine because just because of the nature of how Louisiana pines work because they're they're nest raiders they go down in holes and they eat it. So I will take like a whole pile of just small mice mm-hmm. and chunk them in there sometimes and just let it eat. Like sometimes like a bowl, I put them in a bowl and here you go. And they'll just slowly take them out of the bowl. Yeah, and finish them off. Well, one thing I try to do with my females, there's a Matt Trevino who, who vends these shows as well. Uh, he started breeding rats. But he does. Nobody knows about it because I buy every rat pinky he produces. <laughs> I want them fresh, uh, freshly hatched pinkies, and I, I put them in bowls. Uh, you know, four, five, six, seven, for my females that have laid. So, any females that's re- that's recuperating because you know pine snakes, pitch office in general, absolutely look terrible after laying eggs. Uh, they lay these giant. You would too if you laid a football. Yeah. And I laid four of them. I had I had two footballs this morning, but it was a little different. <laughs> Uh, you left those behind. I left those behind. You feel more relieved than anything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a uh, yeah. Hashtag blessed, right? It's you know you, what I mean? It's YouTube time. <laughs> it is YouTube time. It's YouTube time. Uh, but but yeah. So they look deflated. So you want to get them something fatty, something that's going to be engaging as well. Sometimes I've noticed females don't immediately jump back on frozen thawed. So a little cup of live pinky rats, though it's you know it's the sound of murder and it's sad and. <laughs> And, you know, I, I love, I really do love all animals, but it's such a good nutrient-filled package to give to them. Yeah. Uh, I try to always do that. So every time he's got, he's like, hey, I got some pinky rats. Do you want any? I'm like, bring them all over. I had like 22 of them the other day. <laughs> That's so. what, uh, Katie's got a bearded dragon that will just like randomly lay eggs. And yeah. then she looks like shit and like, all right, time for pinky mice. Here exactly. you go. Well, you, you know, I was just about to say, we had a bearded dragon lay of like 35 infernals a couple years ago. Yeah, and I picked, dug them all out, and I was feeding them to my rats, and I was like, I "Wonder if my NBKs would like these?" Yeah, I took them up. Shit, they're eat, eating them like like they they've been starving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. I if like, I have oh, any uh, yeah. dead in egg stuff or something that's like badly kinked, and you know these things just happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my California king snakes, the Bajas. I just have a little cup. I put them all in there, and they're all like cup trained. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I just 
stick them in there and they gobble them up and it works. Yeah, we've had to throw a couple of, you know, failure to thrive ball pythons in with them. And um, that's, man, it's brutal. Yeah. When they, when that, like a, a big speckle king or a big NBK grabs that, they grab them by the back of the head and oh, they'll like throw a coil over the other end and stretch them out. Yeah, like, it's weird. And it's, yeah, I'm just going to leave. But what what's almost unsettling about it is it's completely natural. 100%. Right? When it happens, you watch it happen and you're like, that is actually how that's supposed to work. Yeah. And it's unsettling. Yeah. Uh, and it's because we, we envision these things as pets, mm-hmm. r- regardless of whether we're breeding them or not. We see pictures online, and then to see one kind of uh, manipulated like that, it's mm-hmm. a really, uh, it's weird. Well, it makes you think that, man, if they were big enough, they would eat meat. Yeah. And, and one thing I always think about with a lot of this stuff, this, 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 is, this is natural protein. We're all carbon, carbon-based life forms. It's, going, it's either going down the toilet yeah, it's going to a landfill, or it's going into something that's gonna that's right. take that and turn it into poop, and it's gonna create uh, energy and stuff from it. So why not? Yep, I fed Sambo babies that won't eat. I have a speckled king. I'm like, all right, your job here is to eat this stuff when other yeah. things won't eat. And it's a uh, there's some cross contamination questions we have to ask about that. But what are you doing in your cl- collection to maintain it? Well, and I don't, it's different when I feel like it's different when it's when it's babies I produce all animals I've had for years. Yeah, right, and so. It's probably the the risk is very low versus I went out and caught some stuff. Yeah, like it's funny you always talk to people who don't understand reptiles. Yeah, and like they know I have lizards and like they'll find a bug and like, hey, do you want this for your? No, I don't want the bug you found for my lizard. Or, yep. Or my or if you have rats in your house, I don't want it for my snake. I, I got a message yesterday. Somebody's like, hey, I'm out cleaning up in my pasture and I flipped over this log and there's a bunch of rat, little baby rats. All right, well, I guess. Do you want them for your snakes? No, no, thank you. Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, uh, it's. And, and, and you're completely right. Anything that's in my collection that's been cycled years and years and years and years, it's going to have that anyways, or whatever across contaminants. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm, I try to like, no, but I cross. It's, I, can't, I can't be one of those like, and all look, all credit to those who can change gloves between cages and clean all this. I can't. I'm not. I'm not that anal. Like I, I. So I have to wear gloves uh, because I'll just die. Um, <laughs> and I have. Like specifically my pitchiophis, and then I'll change gloves, and I'll do all my adult corn snakes and grow outs, and then I'll change gloves, and then my babies that I'm selling get treated like they're not even in my collection, and that's just because they're. It's real. There's things that we can pass on, so I get yeah. a little anal about it, but I've also had things in my collection that were devastating. This is years ago, and so I've had to deal with it personally. I have too. I should probably have learned from it, but yeah. Although I do corn, I used to not quarantine. I, de- I, am, I definitely yeah. quarantine now. Like. That's- I, Every I, I have like a lockdown quarantine process, and now I'm actually at the point where I won't even buy something unless it's somebody I really trust yeah. or somebody that's going to sit there and talk to me, uh, and it kind of make me understand that they're not just like flipping everything. Yeah, which there's nothing wrong with flipping stuff. That's totally cool if you make your life out of that. Awesome, as long as you're doing it responsibly. There, yeah. there are folks who like they get a snake from somebody, put it in a deli cup, and they leave it in a deli cup for every show until it sells. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. There's a responsibility to all of this, absolutely. So, yeah, you you can tell the difference in the people who I don't even like the word flipper because it has such a negative connotation. Sure, yeah. but you could tell the difference in the people uh, who actually enjoy the animals and care about the animals, but buy and sell a lot of animals. Yeah, versus yeah, but, the ones who aren't really reptile people. Because well, like our buddy JT, he owns a pet shop. Right, he does the herp shows. And so he buys a lot. He obviously can't produce everything to sell in his pet sure, shop. Same thing. I mean, right here, Repticulture. Yeah, Joe, next to us. So, but Joe, Joe, but they're reptile people. They're not people who want to make money who found they could sell reptiles. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. So, 
It, it, yeah, and you're right. And, and I think you're right there that we, we've gotten to the point to where we have terms that have become derogatory that kind of just shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say flipper, and it's like, oh, that's just terrible. And it's like, like, like you said, uh, it's a mobile pet shop. There's responsibilities. There's people that you can mm-hmm. tell are respectful about this stuff. You can tell it just in their attitude in general. Uh, so well, like, and I'm not, you know, importer was such a, a, a dirty word because everybody right? imports, but there are a lot of importers that do it correctly. Yeah. They're the ones who get a snake in and then it's on table the next yeah. day. Yeah, that's wrong. And then, and then you have, if it wasn't for the importers, if it wasn't, then we wouldn't have yeah. our Matt Mosts and we wouldn't have our, no. you know, these people that have these collections that are just amazing. Yeah, I mean, anybody that's watched the the new Ball Python movie for Dave Coffin did. I mean, you need importers, and he even showed in that movie how important it is to import so that. They don't eat all the ball pythons over yeah. there. Yeah. So I'm like, it's yeah, it's the hobby's different now. It's way different now than it was 20 years ago, where those words may have been. I mean, there there are definitely stories of those importers out of yeah. Florida that are like, if people hear them, they go, "That can't really happen." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. No, no, that, that stuff went down. <laughs> yeah. On a regular basis. Yeah. But all right. Yeah. So we've been going for 26 minutes, and Kenny has to get back over the front and sell I tickets. <laughs> so. Uh, I also I obviously. Our listeners can't see this, but your tattoo is absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, my, my good buddy, uh, Aaron Sprague, who tattoos at Faces in the Dark in uh, Katy, Texas, uh, did it. It's, a, it's like a crystal spider. I see Katy, Texas. You can go to him and get your tattoo, Katy. Yeah, Kyle, Texas. He's in Kyle, Texas. Uh, Kyle, Texas. Nothing Texas. I Austin. this big. That's, That's where uh, Gecko World Austin is, too, Kyle. So speaking of, speaking of, because it's, it's a spider, but speaking of bugs, I don't know if I've seen on Nine Finger Sean Table. He has this weird fucking worm. It's like a grub. And he said the females, it's really bright yellow and pretty. The females stay grub uh, form their entire life. The males turn into this really ornate beetle. And then the males, as the ornate beetle, breed with the grub females oh. to make more of them. And he said the females can live like eight years. That's crazy. And they're, they're not like detritivores. They, they eat. He fed it a roach. Like, really? They're carnivores. It is a weird fucking thing. And it glows in the dark. I am an ornate beetle that glows in the dark and, and is a carnivore. Really? This is true. <laughs> Facts. This is interesting. All right. All right. So, Chris, if people want to get a hold of you or they uh, want yeah. to listen to you talk more. Sure, yeah. Uh, Badlands for Pediculture on Instagram is really the best. Uh, you can message me directly at Chris Painshop on Facebook. I have a Badlands for Pediculture page. I'm sure that'll get to me as well. Uh, if you want to hear my uh, sweet, sultry voice more... You can listen to the Corn Stars show that we're trying to be a little more consistent with, but work hates me. I mean, Justin only does like 70 shows a month, yeah. so. And, and, and I, I jump into a lot of the other things that the Herpetic Culture Network, Network guys are doing. Uh, Jake, Justin, Phil, uh, Bill. Um, I've got a few episodes I've done with all of them. Uh, and, and, and that whole team of guys uh, just fully dedicated to getting information out, much yeah. like you guys. Uh, interviewing great people. And and uh, and loving the hobby, which is kind of the best thing about all of this. We're all like, it's cool. This is really cool. Well, and the great thing about like on the podcast, like you have one that is just corn snakes. If someone yeah. really wants to do corn snakes, absolutely. Like, there's been tons out. Like we had Kathy Love on a couple episodes ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to I need to listen. Which which to me was I. It was awesome. What an amazing yeah. human it being. It was cool, right? Yeah, and if it, like, that's always to me like if you if you buy a corn snake now and you don't yeah. know who she is, you're not doing your due diligence. Go you need to learn that one. Right? Yeah. You know if you if you buy. You know, a boa, and you don't know who Peter Call is. You probably should go figure out some of that stuff. He's they they had Peter Call on yeah, Snakes to, and Stogies. God, that was fun with yeah. a capital F. Those stories were interesting. That I've was amazing. That. <clears throat> it, you listen to it and you wonder, how did he not die? Like, yeah. How is he still alive now? Yeah. These, these, it's so real. 
it's it's so egregious that it has to be every yeah. single word is real. Yeah, he couldn't have made it up. No, you can't make that up. No, it's, he, it's, it's he, he was one of those original like rock stars of the yeah. hobby. And when he explains stories, he's like, no, he really was like a rock star, like tearing up still hotel rooms. Still living it. Yeah, he's still like that. It's all. It's ah. Anyways, I I, I find stuff like that very impressive because I'm yes. I'm a very uh, <laughs> a monotonous kind of not very crazy kind of yeah. guy. Uh, and so I hear those stories, and I'm like, there's no way that that is real. Well, and you hear those, you're like, he did all that and was successful. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> and he was really smart with his money, yeah. right? It's like, wow. Huh. But I think he tells a story about, like, getting the uh, boa that was, like, 25 grand and just mailing it back to Tracy Barker and not even calling to double check on it. Yeah. And she's like, hey, you haven't even called to check on this thing. Goes, is it okay? Yeah. Well, yeah. And he goes, all right, I'll see you when I get back. <laughs> the, the hobby was amazing then. Uh, I think it was a little more seclusive and a little bit more uh certain groups what's amazing about the hobby now is we're like all cool like you're, you're you know sambo a guy and a chondro guy and yeah. a rat snake guy and a pitch office guy and we all get together and we like still hate the same people and still love the same people and it's <laughs> we still all make fun of ball pythons no matter who you are <laughs> yeah and it's i'm gonna go find a ball yes. python and hold it and like take a picture don't do it. with it, don't, but, do it. Uh, yes. don't, don't take that away from you you can still tell i'll people. just i'll just never touch it. i've held a green anaconda that was pretty cool it's much better than uh, a ball python yeah I really wanted it too. It was so bad. That's you know, like the snakes that I want. I want like blackhead pythons, right? I'm oh. like that's that's kind of like a dry mark on Pitchiophis kind of thing. So I think Brandon's got some Womas right there. It's also like. Womas bonds. Yeah, those are. I want everybody to understand this. I'm saying this live. Womas are the poor man's North Mexican pine snake. Yeah, they uh, Womas will eat anything. Did you Including ever see the video? Snake of the woma that ate the snake hook. <laughs> no, I have never heard of this. It, there's a picture on there. It swallowed it. Hook first. I, I don't even understand. Like a short, like cage hook. Yeah. Physically, with how a that wooden happened. handle. That's so bad. Completely badass. inside the snake. You can see it curve in his body where the hook is. <laughs> it's so oh weird. Oh, I almost want a woman now. I'm just like, ah, can, can well, I keep well, you at you 80 eat? degrees just, with a corn snake? Just start chunking things in there. See what they'll eat. Uh, Funny. No, right. and yeah, you know, we're, we're constrained by legality, so so I, I really can't joke around about it. He does that not have a woma, changed. people. Yeah. Calm down. I don't, yeah, I definitely don't have a woma. They're black. Those are black pine snakes, I promise. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm building a second room. Uh, we're kind of in the design phase of it right now. I, I think there's probably a, a chance of dry Marcon in the future. Or something like you that. wanted more poop. I, I yeah, I don't mind poop. Like poop's fine. Uh, I I don't yeah, I don't want any more bugs. So that's so I, my coleonics. Uh, oh, I've also got some uh, goniorosaurus, some some Chinese cave geckos. Those are really oh, cool. That's cool. I've got some Asian colubrids too. They're snakes I forget about constantly. I, I bred Chinese beauties for the first time this year. I produced some calicos, het calicos. Oh wow. Uh, I'm hopefully getting into some dions. And some other stuff this year. I've got a couple. Uh, Robert's got a couple of blue beauties. Yeah, blue beauties. You got? Are you breeding them? My wife does. She's got an adult male and a juvenile female. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're really. I mean, obviously they're beautiful. <clears throat> but yeah, oh, they're, yeah. And they're they're another one of those species. I'm sorry, guys. I talk a lot. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I know you said like 15 minutes. No. I think we're on two days. No, that's okay. <laughs> Y'all keep talking, but I've got to go back up front. So Lori will let me do the podcast later. Yes. <laughs> and I guess if you see my child, my progeny, she, my love, yeah, yeah shooters with our kid. But yeah, you, you you start getting that's another species that's just watching you, right? Yeah. Staring you in the eye. I would love an indigo. I would I would love to get an indigo. Yeah. Because for that reason, for that, I want a big snake that looks at you, that's thinking. Yeah. But, well, one legality stuff with it because yeah. I don't want I don't want Texas indigo. I want, if I'm getting one, I want an eastern indigo. Yeah. And then I'm like, it's a lot of eating and a lot of poop. There there is a regiment you need to keep up with those high metabolism animals. Yeah, they will they will lose weight fast if you don't. And it's I'm one of those people. I don't care what I get. For some reason, I want to breed it. 
I don't know why. No, it's uh, there's a challenge there. I yeah. get that. It's like I have to figure this out. Because then you know you're the, keeping it yeah. right, the cor- correctly. If it breeds, you're doing something right. My I made it feeling is mm-hmm. when I have babies for sale, which means I've taken it from I like to, I like to, I try to specifically only start with babies. Yeah. So I have a baby. I raise it to an adult. I've done whatever parameters it takes to keep it alive. To that point, it's healthy enough to breed. I have eggs. I've incubated those eggs correctly. I've hatched a baby, and I've gotten that baby eating, and now I'm selling it. Right. Like that point, it's not the money. It's the success, little micro yeah. success. You get your little badge with that. I got my badge for this snake. Now yeah. let's try the next one. And, and I was a Boy Scout, and I had all the badges. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I like I. I just want to bleed, bleed. I want to breed the Louisiana pines simply for the experience to go, all right, there's a snake that's endangered that yeah. they're trying to breed. I want to be able to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving all my black pines away. I have a list of people that wanted some, so I'm just giving them away this year. I'm not selling a single one. But I started with babies. I raised them up. It took four years. Yeah. Pine snakes take four years. I don't know. Nobody's, I don't know if enough people say that. <laughs> they take four years. They're not a three-year snake. Wait, yep. it's not a ball python. I can't have it ready in a year and a half. No. <laughs> I was all do Bob Python's breeding a year and a half. Some people do. Some people do. Wow. There are people breeding them at a thousand yeah. grand. No, they're gonna, the snake's going to live five years and die. Yeah. Same. Uh, but that's because I have heart problems. I don't want to ace. <laughs> With arms wide open. Uh, come back in five years when we have our in memorial. <laughs> Stop. Episode. That's all sad. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, like Black Pines, I hatched them out. Uh, I think one's going to Dr. Lofman, and I have a couple other buddies that are going to get them. That is a wicked-looking snake, though. Like, when you put a pit face and then make it solid black, yeah, that's a cool-looking snake. I And, and uh, mine, my female, is solid black. She has one white spot under her chin that she was born with. And my male's got a little pattern down his back. Uh, but my babies, like, there was five. I think three out of the five are, like, already jet black. Yeah. And sometimes they hatch with pattern. They kind of lose it over time. Oh my gosh, they're gorgeous. They're so fat. So I make, I make fun of Katie because she likes solid black snakes. And so she's got a Mexican black uh, uh, our king. And I'm like, yeah. Eh, eh, whatever. But then I have like a solid black Russian uh, Sambo. And I'm like, no, this thing's fucking awesome. You got to see my uh, The Dark Knight, which is an F1 uh, three mile west of Sanderson Alterna that's almost solid black. Oh, really? And he, I just got babies from him. And some of the babies look like what he did as a baby. Wow. So I paired him to the darkest female I have in that locality. I need to message Mr. Miloradovich because he just had some. He had some really cool babies, some red, some cinnamon yeah. Russians born. He had two different Russian litters. Uh, one that Robert and I talk about that we don't see that often are the black milks that I think more people should do. I would, I would, if I could, if I find one on a table, it's coming home with me. Dude, black milks are badass. I mean, they're, just, they're bigger than the kings. It's just it, the problem we've talked about before is they don't start out black, and that's why yeah. people are like. Eh. I think that's what I like the most about them. Yeah, is you get, color change. Uh, anything with an ontogenetic change is just like amazing because why on earth does it even do that? And now we know those are in a, a, a montane kind of area. They're cooler temperatures. As adults, they're black because they're uh, they're they're soaking in more heat. They probably go out in the sun more. Talking about a species that probably like needs to find ways to absorb heat yeah. to metabolize. But as a baby, it's a uh, you know. A, a mimic of a, of a venomous species, mm-hmm. but it but it's naturally evolved to. And then it gets big enough to where it doesn't need to mimic anything, and it, yeah, it's like no, now it eats now. everything. I, yeah. I can eat everybody. And absolutely everything I just said may be false, right? No, it's true. But I think that's what it does. In, in this world, if you say it, it's true, and if you believe it enough. Oh shit! And we're on the internet, so it's yes, yeah, double true. <laughs> Every, everything we say uh, on the podcast is fact. I don't know if you've noticed. We've had like six people take a picture of our banner I in the know. last ten minutes. If they don't uh, subscribe, we'll be upset. It's because I'm a celebrity. 
listen to Corn Stars. This is going to be two times a month. We come out with a podcast. And just make sure you don't accidentally hit the P instead of the yes. C. <laughs> or if you do, just yeah, whatever. open an extra tab. You can do both. There's nothing wrong with that. That's completely healthy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can listen to one while watching the other. Whichever one you want to do. That's totally okay. <laughs> anyway, let's right, get back to you. Guys, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go yell at people. I'm actually going to find my kid. That's I'll help you. She's with my kid. All you got to do is call Joe if she has her phone. Uh, but uh, we'll be back later with uh, we have some other interviews lined up so awesome. thank you guys Chris alright we are back for another interview we have David L. Dean from Eclectic Reptiles that's right I, I knew I, did I you just, not just write this down I wrote down? Eclectic down and then we started talking and I forgot to write the second half and like in, rep, in the reptile stars. hobby it's either like exotics or reptiles or something along that line and or her petaculture, like we had when we had, right. or uh, their or their name. Yeah, it's the initials. They're so and so exotics. Right. Can I just like hold this microphone so I can sit back in the chair? Yeah, I guess so. I should have asked you that before we started. Yeah, listen, that's some great. I'm leaning oh. forward so that I can stay the same distance I've, from the mic all the time. I know, well, I feel like I'm just blocking your view from everyone else at the table. So it was all up in your space. Are you comfortable now? I am much more. <laughs> So, David, you deal with, and the name kind of is, you deal with reptiles that you don't tend to see at a lot of shows. Right. So, I mean, you've got some boas, which is your more common stuff, but even with that, it's very, like, VPI heavy, because uh, you know you know the Barkers, and, and that stuff is actually not as, I mean, it's gotten a little more common now, but it was not nearly as common as some of the other stuff. And then your lizards, though, you've gotten those, the anoles. So, let's go into the, what anoles do you have? So, I'm currently working with crown giant anoles only. So I have the giant blue beauty anoles, and I have Garmani, which is the Jamaican giant okay. anole, and I also have the Western giant anole. So for for everyone out there, this is not the little green lizard that's running on the side of your house. No. Which is, Heck uh, no, this thing's huge and colorful. Like you're just looking at the green ones. I know. Like they 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 get Ooh. insane. Like he'll show. Like, yeah, he can show you pictures of. I have to Google stuff that people tell us they breed because I don't know what most of it is. I'll pull up pictures. <laughs> because, you would think. Well, because in, in the hobby, in the hobby, really, people only know green anoles because we have them naturally, and Cuban night anoles because those were fairly common, which are very similar to the the Western giants, yeah. same shape, and they're another crown giant. And then the Puchior, the blue beauties, are a subspecies of Equestris sequestris, so very but, similar. I like the Cuban night anoles. It's just, it's a cool lizard that I, I'm surprised. The one reason I'm surprised I didn't catch on, everyone seems to love chameleons, right? But chameleons are definitely not a beginner lizard. That is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Those, so did that. we talk about how this is the largest species of a null? Well, no, you've been here. We haven't talked. We haven't talked about it. Oh, I wasn't sure. I wasn't you've been I here just, the whole time. No, I meant, I didn't know if y'all talked before me. No. Like before no, we, I got we, up we here. We waited for you. I'm not going to do the next interview if you're going to be an asshole to me. I'm an asshole on every podcast. I don't know how this surprises you. Because I'm busy today. <laughs> We're slammed but they are, the front. But like I said, these, so the, the anoles in general are much hardier than, say, a chameleon, right? In my opinion, 100%. And I bred Pardalis back in the day. I, bet I bred the uh, several different subspecies of chameleons back in the early 90s. Yeah. You know, so I've done a few of them. And, and these guys are out of the egg. They're tough, hardy. I mean, you just... And are they, are they insectivores? Or can you get them, will they do like nectar like some of the other lizards that people so are used to? They'll actually eat fruit. They'll eat pangea. Oh, that makes them so much easier. You know, any of the crested 
gecko diets. They that's they one like, thing. That all those cre- that's one thing crested geckos have done for the hobby. They have made keeping so many other lizards so much easier now. Yes. Are you are you a breeder that handles these these anoles often, or are they more of a look at? Because the colors on that are absolutely outstanding. So I have a couple favorites that <clears throat> I will touch and pet or scratch their heads in their cages, enclosures. Um, but no, I don't. I have too many of them to hold and make pets out of every one of them. So. Do they do well, though? Oh, yes. Awesome. They do really well. Now, the bigger ones, are they as skittish as like our native green anoles, or are they better at handling... Because, you know, I mean, the little ones, you got to grab those things. They... So they're easier to handle because they're bigger to yeah. start with. So that makes it easier. They're out in the open more. So if you have them in a nice bioactive setup, they're easily visible. Yeah. Whereas your smaller anoles hide on the opposite side of branches and in clusters of leaves. Yeah, you, well, whenever you bring them to the show, you have fully bioactive cages and you can see them, what they look like. And, I mean, it really shows them all. Right. And the... The adults, of course, you take something that's 10 times as big as those little ones I bring, and, yeah. they're, and they have the full colors. They stand out in the oh. enclosures. Yeah, I, I, I want something like that. That's a cool lizard. This that's, would be really cool yeah. for what your did I miss? Yeah. We were talking about you know, this the, picture oh, of this back, lizard. Robert. Yeah. Remember the anoles that David has, those really bright oh, colors, yeah, like yeah. the giant anoles that he does? They're gorgeous. And that they're far superior to uh, chameleons? Because chameleons. Yeah, chameleon people are going to hate me because you said that. I love chameleons, but I love them, but they're just so different. Like, I've had some before, and if you don't, they're, they're really like you got to get them honed in, right? And I see so many people walk out of a reptile show with their very first chameleon, and it makes me cringe a little bit. And see, that's the key. So, as you look at my breeding projects, you see number one, I do the things I like, right? Yeah. But I do, I bring things to shows, and I sell things that I know I can send home with somebody and they're not gonna struggle with it, right? I don't, I don't, I want every experience that someone has with me and my reptiles to be positive for them, but I really want it to be positive for my reptile too. So I don't breed and sell the things that I have to worry about. Yeah. That they're gonna be taken care of and have, and, and that they're gonna flourish and, in, in an environment with somebody new. And that is why I would buy from you. Because exactly. you actually care about the animals. There's yep. not saying that other vendors don't, but there are definitely levels. And, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you're definitely up here. I mean, I'm, the first time I met you, I'm like, I'd buy stuff from that guy. You know, I, I'm in a different place than a lot of people are. You know, I'm almost, I'll be, I'm almost 60 years old. You know, I've been doing this for a long, long time. So, you know, a lot of knowledge gained along the way. I see, you know, the things that last. And I, th- I see the struggles that people have with certain animals. And I've worked with those animals, so I know. And what's easy for me to breed or a breeder to work with isn't always easy for your customer, right? right. Yeah. Like they can struggle. Some some things aren't intuitive to them like they are to us because we do it every day. We see the little subtle differences, changes of behaviors, changes in colors, appetite that leads. Move the mic just a little closer to you, okay. and that way turn. We don't get the kids screaming in the background as much. That to us says, hey, we need to change something. But to the the customer or the hobbyist that hasn't worked with them, they don't realize that. They don't catch on to those subtle things. And then it's too late when they see something's when it starts going downhill. So I just don't work with those things because I don't want to I don't want to reproduce that. Yeah. Well, reptiles. Reptiles are one of those animals that once you notice they're sick, it's almost too late for a lot of them. They're really yep. good at hiding being sick until the very last if you, second. If you pay attention to them day to day, like you can see those little minor changes of behaviors and you can catch on to it and, and change things. Yeah. 
but but it is it's experience it's knowledge yeah. and it's the hands-on working with them and that's the thing that you have to pass that knowledge down to the people that are getting your babies right and you have to be available for them to help them with those little minor things you know when we talked about you've put a lot of time into the projects and these animals you know yeah, you can go somewhere and find a table full of, like we said, Cuban nightingales that are wild caught out of Florida, and you can tell they're wild caught out of Florida, and they're just on a table. That's not the same thing. Like, that's not. not, you know, that's and, and looking at like the the wild pictures of some of these species, they're not going to look the same as you breeding things for several generations and bringing out more blues and yellows and more of those colors. Well, and that's one of the things that I hope to do with the, the giant blue beauties is I I believe I have representation of all the bloodlines available in the u.s and my goal is to breed for the high yellows breed for the higher blues and to try to single those out so i've been working and holding back a few animals to start down that path so that's hopefully in a year or two you'll start to see the offer specific more high yellow and more high blue animals as we go awesome. through this so you have to remember this is a pretty new project yeah you know and and even a couple years ago people weren't even having success breeding them, you know, so. What is the lifespan on most of these guys? I don't think we know for sure because it's too new. I gotcha. know I've seen, if you look at most of the literature that's out there, you know, they say, nine, I think, nine to ten years on Equestris Equestris, but there's some records out there of them being up in the mid to high teens. So. Oh, wow. Wow. So you're talking, I mean, that's longer than a chameleon, most chameleons. That was always my problem. I had a friend give me a, a panther chameleon. I've never... A, I can never bring myself to buy a panther chameleon because I'm like, it's a lot of money for something's gonna die in five years. I'm like they just they don't live long enough, and then they're, you know, if you get them too young, they're very. We had our first issue was we bought. I failed was afraid ones. if I breathed in the room in, wrong. In college, we bought failed, it. and we bought them. We now know way too small because they're at a reptile store. I'm like, yeah, you can do these. They're like twenty bucks a piece, and they were itty bitty eating like pinhead crickets. Yeah, so I worked with them too back in the '90s, and I got them when Ron. Tremper first yeah. offered them for sale. Like not maybe not the first ones that he ever offered for sale, but like the first year or two, somewhere in that. And he sent them to me. I think I was living in Missouri at the time. And they were expensive back then. Really? Really expensive. And I got these things about the size of a cricket in a cup, you know, and I was like, <laughs> and I was, the good thing is I was used to breeding for Dallas, so I, I know the deal with the little babies, but when you get a new species in or subspecies in like that and it's that small. It, it worries you, when, oh, yeah. especially when you pay that much money for it. Right? Yeah. And, of course, that was a long time ago. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a lot more experience under my belt now. But So with with the, the anoles, um, are you just doing, like, missing? Is that how you water them? Because I know, like, chameleons, people always say you have to give them moving water, which we, and we'd spray and they lick it off leaves. But um, there's, just, there's so many little, like, niche things I felt like you had to do with chameleons. And I thought, I figured anoles have got to be easier so you said you keep i assume you're keeping a lot like people are keeping some of their geckos probably just a little warmer because they're a little more tropical right i do like it a lot warmer than the crested geckos but as far as the water goes i have mine all set up on mr systems and they go off a two to three times a day the important thing is have the water go off in the morning and then in the evening and you can do that you can spray and do it i've had where i've waited for misters in you know right now it's impossible to find some of the mr systems out there um but I've sprayed them, and that works fine, too, as long as you do it every day. But they're tough. They're not – they don't have the eye problems that we see. It's just they're not delicate. I mean, yeah. that's probably the best word. What? They're a tough little – so when the babies are born, they hatch out of the egg right away. They 
hip and they burst out of the They don't air. do that little chameleon they thing. Don't they don't do that. Or like a Euromastic does. Yeah. You know, they, they hip. And it took me, I don't know, I think until my ninth one hatching before I ever got a picture of one in an egg. Oh, my gosh. So wow. because They're quick. And, and the cool thing is they always hatch in the morning. Mine always hatch in the morning. So they always hatch between 7 and 8 o'clock. Hmm. And I don't know why that is. A few other people with different subspecies, you know, have had them hatch during the afternoons and things. But mine always hatch in that same time period. But so I always check them at that time. Right. And I've seen or I'll move a container that I know is going to hatch today. And I've had them like literally I pick the container up to move it to an area where I'm working and they'll hatch while I'm moving them. Really? And they, <laughs> they pip and come out of the egg just straight. Oh, so yeah. crazy. What's their temperament like? So the... The babies are, a, just like any other reptile for the most part, the babies are very defensive and they're going to bite. Their bite's not hard. It's not going to ever break the skin. You I know, feel like that's all, to it. all baby but reptiles. I think you're right. They get used to you. And when I'm working day to day in their cages and stuff, they're never aggressive towards you ever. Um, I don't manhandle mine a lot. I'm... I'm the let the animal come to me type of keeper, mm -hmm. and I, I don't force handle any of my animals, um, with the exception of maybe boas. I pick them up. Yeah. The lizards, I want them to trust me. I have the best interactions that way. You hear that from monitor people, <clears throat> same kind of thing. you got to earn trust with all those things. Well, it's the same thing when you're doing cyclura, which I also do. Like, you, you have to build that trust relationship with them. You're never If you force handle them all the time, you're not going to have the same iguana as an right. adult as you will if you let them come to you and build that trust and, and do it on their terms. But it's the same thing with the anoles. There's people that have pet night anoles that are calm, tame, that will come to them, climb on them. And, and I have many of them that you can reach in there and touch them and, and scratch their heads and they're fine with it, but they don't like to be manhandled. Yeah. You know, they will turn around and bite you. Um, and when they're big, their bites a little, yeah, but it's still not bad, not bad. though. I, I've been bit a few times, and I don't, I can't remember one ever breaking the skin. I'm not saying that they couldn't. You know, somebody that has, you know, a little softer skin, a child or right. something, I'm sure it would. But, you know, their, their bite's not horrible. It's not like a savanna monitor or a turtle, tortoise, anything like that, you know. And how big are we talking? A full-grown adult, are we talking about the size of, like, a bearded dragon? To give you an idea of how big they get. Just like a night all, exactly the same. Okay. So smaller, smaller in length than a... Well, I don't know. If you include the tail, they're probably the same size as a bearded dragon. But bearded dragon's wide, and they're more tall. Yeah, shape different, but right. It's it's a, it's a, it's bigger than something like a like a leopard gecko. It's gonna be bigger than yes. that. Um, so, but you're not talking having to get into like you like like the rock iguana or something like that. It's not that big. So you know, no. it's, it's a good if someone wants something they can keep in their house in a nice, pretty, decorated tank and show off. It's the perfect lizard to me for that. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that. Like the you know, there, there's been a a big surge in the bioactive community. You know, there's product manufacturers that are making, you know, specialized tanks and a lot of different things for the bioactive, all the mister systems and whatnot. And they're perfect for that, right? Yeah. If you look what's out there in commonly kept reptiles, there's not a whole lot of things that fit that bill. Like there's day geckos, but they have their disadvantage. They like to defecate on the glass, which isn't my favorite thing. Yeah, but I love them. But... <laughs> 
It's one of the reasons I don't own like tree frogs. I'd love a tree frog, but it's just gross on the glass. Right. Well, the only experience that I have with an anole is our our porch oh, friend. Yeah. That's our, our he, camera. We have our camera inside, and so this guy lives outside on our porch. And I'm pretty sure I saw him the other day. Like I, but it's like, not a green anole. That's a no, um, no, no. no. Uh, so I think it's a brown. I saw anole. a green anole too, but I saw there's a brown one. Yeah. And it every now and then I'll see it, and it hangs out in that corner on the other side of that window, but, but sets I've, off I've, our motion on our camera all the time. I've seen people that feed the wild anoles. <laughs> Yeah. And they'll come to where they'll come out every day. Really? The people will feed them every day, and they build that trust relationship. Oh, how and they'll crazy. eat from their hands. You know, like pigeons in the park kind of thing, right? <laughs> and, I mean, how cool That's, is that? That is really right? cool. Like it is. And so, you know, you have that same thing with the gnolls that I work with, but you have your bioactive setup. You know, they don't, unless the female's laying an egg, they don't dig. They don't tear up the plants. They're small enough that they don't crush the plants. Yeah. They don't mess up the glass all that much. Um, sometimes if you feed them big hornworms, the males will grab them and shake them and you'll get some of the <laughs> juice on you the glass, get right? Horn or if you feed do. a lot of Pangea and you have the cup attached to the glass, they'll get it in that area. They'll gotcha. spread, get the Pangea on there. But the trick that's easy, you just put your cups on the wood away from the glass and you don't have that problem. So they're very easy maintenance wise, you know? How often are you feeding them? I feed every day, but a lot of people do them every other day. And so you're doing... Are you doing Pangea every day and then supplementing insects here or I there? Do, or? I do Pangea occasionally. Okay. Um, what do you want, Sean? Sean's just standing here staring. Just, just staring. <laughs> <laughs> Did Peyton need some? No. No, okay. So I feed Pangea occasionally. And when I say occasionally, um, I don't know, I may feed it every couple days for a couple weeks, and then I might not feed it for a month. Oh, wow, it okay. It just depends, right? So I like cutting up fresh fruit. So here's the difference. I I like feeding my animals every day, right? It's not a chore for you. It's, it's not it's... a chore, right? I like doing that part of it. And and Melissa helps me day to day. Like, I, I, I still have a full-time job. And she helps me with the feeding and stuff. But I enjoy doing that. So we cut up fresh fruit. We feed the insects. And it's part of the experience of having the animal is going through that every day with it, right? Like we're not, yeah, we're, we don't have it to have it to, to collect it. You know, we're not, you know, you hear the word collector a lot out there in our, in our hobby, but it's the wrong mentality. Like it's not, the goal isn't to have as many of something as you can, right? yeah. but it's to enjoy what you have. And, and as I got older, I have stronger opinions going that way. Right. You know, like we just built a new facility and I say facility, it's a 60-foot by 30-foot building, but it's completely done. Sheetrocked, has an extensive HVAC system in it. I have a main system. I've got the, uh, the, the mini splits, oh, yeah. Mitsubishi mini splits in every room, except that for makes the it main nice. room. Yep, so I can control micro, you know, habitats. I mean, that, that's it, not tiny. Yeah. 1,800 square feet. I'll that's that better is. than some houses. That's yeah. like tortoise yard, tortoise yeah. pin from Our back home pin. says. Yeah. And I have some stuff that we keep outside, not not very much, and not during the winter time. So you're the keeping like your iguanas is, and stuff outside. Yeah, they, they stay outside. Some of them do. And then, but my goal was to put things in bigger enclosures and not add more animals. You gotcha. Know? I added a couple things that I want to work with before it's too late, but <laughs> um, but that was our goal, you know, so... Like the even my smallest anoles have 36 by 36 exoteras, fully planted, 
naturalistic. You know, they're not true bioactive. I, you know, they're close. They're, yeah. They're natural. They have, they're planted heavily, you know, and, and they're nice. I enjoy looking at them. They're, they're beautiful. And I've noticed that evolution with keepers, uh, you know, there's stages. And when they get towards the end, you, you've kind of kept the stuff you've wanted to keep. You've bred some of the things you want to breed, and now you're at a point where you're focusing. It's, it's, a, it's a really a refocus, and you see a lot of that with older keepers. They, they realize, all right, I don't need to do all this stuff. I got this one thing, and I'm going to work this project, and it's going to be great. And I've, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, hey, I'm just getting into reptile breeding. You know, what should I do? And it, my answer is always the same, right? You know, unless you have interest that's way far left or right, do what you like. Mm-hmm. Because you can breed the latest, greatest thing. And if it's not what you like, your people are going to see that. You're not going to be enthusiastic about it. You're not going to love it. And people will know that. People know whether it's oh, yeah. a job for you or if you love what yeah, you Yeah, if do. you're just right? selling you an tell- animal or selling a passion that you have. And I think... That's one of the things that I've been successful with. And and I keep a pretty low, you know, I'm a little more mainstream now, but I've kept a pretty low profile over the years because I've had jobs where it wasn't to my advantage for my my clients to know what I did on my, in my personal life, right? So, but I think I'm, I love what I do. And I do, I work oh. with what I want to work with. And it just seems to fall together and work, right? So. I'm trying to do it. Podcaster, Katie. Yeah, but it's really funny because Otis is just, also trying to join the Otis podcast. Put his face right hey, up there. Robert's, <laughs> Robert's that. holding I thought their that pet was pug. You, like, laughing or something. Otis is falling asleep because I was like, there. well, maybe Robert also has experience with jobs <laughs> where it's not beneficial to let people know what you do on the side. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, like he made the sound right after he like made when that I was comment, a cop, so. I couldn't let anybody know I was a stripper too. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's one of the things. I used to be in law enforcement. Right? I, I, I totally thought you were going stripper. This was going another I was way. Like, I used I to be a stripper. stripper and I... Yeah, no. But I was a federal law enforcement um, officer, and, you know, and that's frowned upon to do other things while you're do doing anything that. Or to bring any you're... attention, really, to yourself, yeah. which is kind of what exactly. the hobby kind of requires People don't want sometimes. you to do stuff and, and on I, your teachers either. I worked either. in a pretty touchy industry in that part, so, like, you know, I didn't want everyone to know where I lived and what oh, I yeah. did and things yep. like that, so. Well, and I was going somewhere. I had something really good. My brain went blank. Sorry. Yeah, when I worked undercover, it was, I mean, you didn't let anybody know anything about you. Right. You know, I was working three counties over, masquerading as a biker. You're in Texas? Yeah. Masquerading as a biker. But, yeah, I mean, and the FBI set me up a whole a whole backstory. I mean, See, I, I never did any of that deep, cards and, deep undercover stuff. I'd work more plain clothes type thing. Work cause I worked on the border down in Valverde County. Uh, and out in Nog- I was out in Nogales, too, with U.S. Customs out there, but... You know, working narcotics and mm-hmm. smuggling across the border, plain clothes stuff, sitting in the sitting in the bushes, following stuff oh, out, yeah. type of thing. Oh yeah, but, it was fun. But the other side knew who we were, and oh yeah, you didn't you didn't want to make it any easier. Oh, right? I, so, I, I ended up with a a note taped to my front door, yep. so we know who you are. I mean, my wife at the time found it and freaked out, and I said it might be one of my friends playing a trick. I, I knew it wasn't, but yeah, because it was all tied. These bikers were tied with cartel, and you know, freaking cartel's got unlimited budget. So, more budget than the cops. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like back in the back in the nineties, it's, it's funny because I was talking to uh, Ron St. Pierre not too long ago. Well, maybe a year ago, and we were talking about Reptiles magazine and advertising and stuff. And he actually found 
one of my ads that ran back in like 1991 or 1992. And I was selling chameleons and grilled dragons and Euromastics back in 1991, wow. 92, right? We have magazines from back then, so it's very... Not, not the early 90s. Not the early 90s? No, I started getting them around 2000. So oh, if I remember okay. right, the one on the cover had some type of uh, rock iguana on it. I don't think it was a Lewis Eye, but it had some type of rock iguana on it. And it was like a April, May, June. So it was a spring going into early summer. Yeah, I, I, I still have the clipper. Ron sent it to me. But. That's awesome. That's also so we we made fun of uh, we listened to Weird Al on the way down here and some of the and some of the songs because Weird Al when he writes songs are very much in that time. It's like a time capsule when you listen to his songs. Oh and yeah. And like things would happen. Like these are things kids would just wouldn't understand. Talking about rotary phones and tape decks and. Well, and then but like talking like Reptiles magazine. I don't think they understand, like, the back of the magazine was, like, you'd flip to there and go, all right, what's everybody have? Who's in here? And then if, like, you're going to Daytona, you're like, all right, who's going to be in Daytona? And you're trying to find all the names you're used to seeing, who's going to be there, where the table's going to be. I, I still feel like a little kid, right? But, like, I'm an old-timer now, right? Like, <laughs> so I, I'm from the time when you went to your mailbox on the first week of the month to get your Glades Herp and your... The mailing list and all? Yeah, pet farms and all those mailing lists, you know, the bright greens and the bright red. Yeah. That's fabulous. Where you you just ordered an animal by the name and then whatever showed up, showed up. That's what you got. You know, Glades Harp, Rob used to put those Guyana boas with deep purple, nicest one I've ever seen. You know, like, (laughs) oh, I gotta have it. (laughs) What is that? That's a pig. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, they're right there. It's come a long ways. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. It's definitely different. And good and bad. Now you have morph markets. You can go see the animal. And then you yes. can bug the person. Can you give me five more pictures of just oh the spot right next to its eye? <laughs> there's there's some, someone that I'm friends with on Facebook that is a, a pretty well-known retic breeder. He's a little rough around the edges. He just created a morph market. He's having more fun fucking with people. <laughs> than he is than selling he is. snakes. He, he's like, I don't even care if I sell any snakes. He's like, these people are messaging me at 3 in the morning. I'll give you 30 bucks for that normal retic that you want 200 for. Or, you know, people asking questions. Do you have any that uh, won't bite? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm from a time when customer service was like the thing, right? Absolutely. Like you did anything for your customer. That's just what But the customers also knew it too. Like I feel there was a difference. It's it's changed. It has. And so, but I'm still like that. Like I still, I still jump through a lot of hoops, you know, on that type of thing. And I don't, and I don't get upset about it. Um, you know, I don't like if somebody messages you at three in the morning and they get mad at you because you haven't answered by four. That happens to Robert. It, uh, it does happen. I've heard, I get those, right? Yeah. But I'm I'm thankful to get the the people calling and wanting my stuff, right? So I I tend I try to have the a lot of patience with that, and but the one thing that's hard for me is I lurk, work with a lot of stuff that it's hard to get good pictures of. Yeah. Like these anoles, they're gorgeous. Like they're. The, I've done a lot of stuff, and these things are some of the prettiest animals out there. But they can also be the hardest thing to take a picture of because every time they see a phone or a camera shoved in their face, they darken up just a little bit. But it's enough where you don't want to put that picture out there because you know they're better than that. And like that, my banner, that picture I had on, on my banner, it took me a long time to get that picture. And I finally put a tripod and just set my camera up in front of his cage and left it there for two weeks until he stopped getting dark when i went in there really and that's wow. how i got those pictures and was able to actually focus because otherwise you know you're trying to go into bat bioactive and if you're not a great photographer which i'm not even claiming to be a photographer 
it's hard to get focus on them, get past the leaves and the sticks and everything, and, and get that animal's eye in focus before it's, it goes, what are you doing, and darkens down a little bit. So, know? James, so, maybe that's the deal with Black Panthers. Oh, when they see a camera, they turn back to yellow. That's what it is. Oh, my to, gosh. That's why people can't long, get it. Long-running <laughs> joke. Jeez yeah. Louise. Not privy to that one. But, uh, but so, you know, I, I, I bring that up because on when some of these animals, you have to have a little patience with them, right? And even yeah. boas. Boas can be really tough. Like, pink I work is with the a hardest of, thing to get a picture I'm of. I'm telling you, pink and purple. Like, I have <laughs> animals that have so much, they're just dripping in color. But to get that color accurately... It's, I've Sometimes had, I've, you get the color, but it's out of focus, right? And then when it's in focus, you don't get the color, and it's it's tough. And yeah. I wish I was a better photographer. Well, I've bought so. boas off of Morph Market, and and if I pull up the picture and it looks pink in the picture, I'm like, well, then it's got to be super pink when it gets here, and it has. Like when I get here, I'm like, yeah, because I've got my boas, I can't get pink, and then I've got a uh, I've got a corn that's a salmon ghost, and when I take a picture, it just looks great. Like I swear, it's Barbie doll pink, but I cannot get a picture of it to save my life. But well, and when we bought her, they had an adult on the table. He's like, this is what it will look like. they were like, this is what it will look like, but we cannot get the pinks photographed. There's a, there's a few people out there that are really good at, at capturing it, you know. Yeah. Gus from Rio Bravo used to take some really good pictures of, of some of his true red tail stuff. You know, I remember he had great pictures. And there's a few others out there, you know. Um, Richard Cisneros is pretty good at getting good pictures. And, yeah, because some uh, of those tails on true red tails are... Yeah. Really pretty. And my, mm-hmm. my friend Jeff Ronnie's pretty good at capturing the colors, too. But, um, yeah, it's tough, though. So it's hard, you know, to tell someone, hey, I'll get you pictures in the next hour. Yeah, they always hard yeah. sometimes, right? You know, you got to wait till you get you take it outside and you have the mm-hmm. dappled light. And well, like, I own rainbow bows. Brazilian rainbow bows are some of the worst because, like, I want to show them to somebody. I'm going to come over, and the color's different when they're there. I'm like, right. I swear, this thing, or, like, a... Uh, like I had a hog island bow at one point, it would, and those things change color throughout the day. I'm like, I, I promise you, it looks different. It's orange. Yeah. It's just like orange right now. <laughs> well, it's like the little colotus, colotus that I have over there. I got those little subadults on my table, and when I took them out of the enclosure to pack them, the male's head was orange, like really orange. Yeah. And not not as orange as an adult, a full adult, but really close. And he hasn't shown any orange at all today, right? So everybody walks by and they see this green lizard, you know, and I'm trying to explain to them what they, they look like. They just go, look at the green iguana. Well, like like what this invention that Carl came up with for the lychees. Right. Yeah. With that dark box you pick the lid up. That, I mean, that genius. Because they stay fired up. Yeah, because when they're not fired up, they're gray. Like some of them yeah. are just gray. Yeah. You yeah. can probably do that with some of my stuff, too, is have, like, a little flap that you, where they're not seeing people all the time walking mm-hmm. by and poking, tapping just, on the enclosure. Just a little peekaboo, fl- peekaboo flap on the then front Then everybody would walk by and wouldn't know it was there. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Carl had to put a sign up, said, there are right. animals in here, <laughs> lift the lid. So I just want to touch back, I don't remember what I was going to say. I want to touch back on when we talked about you doing animals you like and when people ask you for advice. That's really, and we've said it before, that's really the advice for anybody. Uh, don't just breed stuff because that's what everybody else breeds. Or don't just get something and own something because that's what everybody else owns. There's in reptiles. There's so many different things. So so many different things that people aren't keeping, like like the anoles you have. That's not a very common thing, which I think it should be. I think this should definitely be a more common pet. And and in honesty, if you want to breed, you're probably better off breeding something not that common, because one, you're probably going to sell every baby you produce because there's very few people making them. You're not going to sell your ball python that 15 other people in the same room are also trying to sell. Yeah, but you you also have to. You know, if you have something that's a niche animal, you need 
if you're going to, if you want to become a breeder and you're interested in reptiles, I think you have to work with something that fits with what I call check certain boxes, right? Like it has to be readily available food. Mm -hmm. It has to fit in a readily available enclosure. The temperature requirements can't be too extreme one way or the other. And it, it, so if you can get something like that, that's colorful, interactive, or, you know, checks one of those boxes that attracts us to certain animals versus other ones. If you do something like that, it, you'll be successful and you love doing it. And yeah. that's what you're interested in. You'll do great. You know, you'll, you'll sell your animals and, I, I just see a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot, that's not correct. I see some that get into it for the wrong reasons and they struggle. And they and I've had some of them come up and ask me, you know, hey, like, I just saw you sell five snakes in an hour and I haven't sold anything all weekend, you know, like what? Because their snake doesn't look like your snake. Well, right. no, I don't even think it's that. <laughs> like, I just think it's like, you know, people people see the excitement you have for something and they, they do. And they believe in you, you know, because they know you love what you're doing. Yeah. You're not and selling they, a widget. You're selling something that like right. an animal that you really care about. You know, exactly. it's, it's interesting yeah. that you say that we were, I want to say it was the Corpus show. We Last were time. with, it may not have been anyways, we were helping sell some stuff for the Grant family exotic for their group. They weren't in town, but they had, it was, Corpus. That was, here. It was, it was Corpus. Yeah, yeah, in it was, the other building, but yeah, it was in the Corpus. other building. Um, and I was just behind the table and I was talking to a lady and she had like, was terrified of snakes. And so we talked for a while and she even held one before she walked away. But then she apparently came back when I had gone back up to the front she bought a ball and she ended up buying a snake. And she was like, it 100% was because. And then a year the later we were at the Corpus show and came back and she, she came back and talked to us and told us again. Yeah. And then she's like, buy another that, one. Right? And like, I, was I love like, when people come back so and, cool. and, and they're giving you positive feedback, you know, Hey, I bought a snake from you last year, and it's doing great. And she was ready and for I, more. <laughs> yep. So I, I sold one at, at another venue show, so I won't say the name of it. But it's just this one that stands out to me. I had this little beautiful little baby boa, and I almost, I kind of struggled packing it, and because it was so nice. Yeah. And right away, ten minutes into the show, um, a couple comes up, and they were talking about uh, boas and asking questions, and I was. Never had a bow before, and I kind of walked them through the setup and what, you know, temperament-wise and size and feeding and temperatures and that type of thing. And they, make a long story short, they decided to get a boa, and they got this real pretty little boa that I had. Had a lot of color, real light. It was just really nice boa. Nice connecting pattern. And they they asked me, hey, can you walk through and help us with the with the setup? And we went, we talked to this guy and we're thinking about getting a cage. Will you come and see if it's what we need? So I walked over there and we talked and the setup was going to be good. And so, I, you know, I was a little excited. They were buying a really big cage, a lot of decorative stuff awesome. to go inside. And so I really liked that, right? So a year later, they come to the same show and they bring their phone and they start showing me pictures of their setup. I was like, wow, that's really <laughs> nice. Like, it makes you feel so good that one of my babies is going into that environment. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like, you know, it's, I like that part of it. That's, I, know, I've, I've got a friend who's just produced his first, well, you know him. Uh, I'm not going to say his name because I don't okay. know if he'd like that, but we've talked about him before, you and I have. Okay. Um, the Diver. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. He is gonna. He's vetting all his customers before he'll let them buy a snake. No, I, I love. He's that. like, I want to see your setup. I want to see what you got going. Otherwise, I'm not awesome. selling you one of my snakes. Yeah. He's like, I don't care about making money off of them. He gets so excited about stuff. He does. 
Like, I, he gets, yeah. and, and I'm not a ball python person, but he'll bring something. He's so excited about this ball python. Well, I like, look, I'll say it's Paul though. Byfield yeah. with Deep Down Morse. Yeah. So when he he's going to do great things. Because pictures, he was so excited. Oh yeah. You know, so I, and I was happy. That. I was happy because I kind of helped him through just animal some yes. projects and stuff. When right? he first started out, he was so worried about. I'm two percent over on my humidity, Paul. Don't worry about it. I know, right? I I'm like, call David. David will tell you the same thing. Call Tracy. Tracy will tell you the same thing. Yeah. He finally got past that, and he's, you know, he's doing and I'm, great. And I'm glad. I, I like that he was thinking that way. And it's, I would rather have somebody be that Absolutely. way than the opposite, yes. right? But you know, we, it's all instinct and just the way we do things. And I don't get that critical about those things, right? Like, right. Especially with those animals, you know, boas. I just don't worry about it, you know, like as long yeah. as they have some kind of cover to go under, they're going to have enough humidity from the respiration unless you just let their enclosure just dry out completely. Right. right. But, um, you know, it, it's not that critical with those animals. But, yeah, I, I like him a lot. He's um, excited and new, and I love yep. that. And But like you were saying about vetting, like I, I love that people are starting to do that. I've had customer walked up, and I had one not too long ago within the last year that wanted to buy a boa. And I and I asked him, what do you what kind of enclosure do you have for him? Well, I'm going to get one here at the show. And I said, well, you know, I'll put the snake in the back. Go get your enclosure, get your heating. I think he was wanting to do a radiant heat panel in his enclosure. I said, get your heat panel, get your water dish and everything you need for it. I said, and then come back and we'll finish talking about the snake. And he comes back. I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes later. He's like, okay, I'm ready to get the snake. And I was like, oh, where, who'd you get an enclosure from? Oh, and he's like, well, I haven't done that. I'm still got to do that. I'm like, <laughs> no. No. You know, so I actually took him and walked him around. And we went to Andy to get a heat panel. And we went to, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Todd. Yes, Todd, Todd to get yeah. the enclosure. Yep. And we got him all set up with everything he needs. And then I sold him the snake, right? But until then, I wasn't going to do that. Great. You know? And that's you have to do that. You have to. You have to assess every person that comes up and that looks like they're going to buy something and see their knowledge base, see if they can take care of it. Yep. I mean, when some of the bigger stuff, they have small kids, you know, like I, I don't do anything that I think will ever hurt anybody. Number yeah. one, right? Like I don't, I, I keep some stuff, you know, but I don't breed it. You know, so. It's funny. I just, I'm starting a zoology club at my elementary school. And on one of the slides, I talk about security measures. And the first thing on the slide says, Miss Lewis would never bring anything dangerous into the classroom yeah. or something that she doesn't have ample experience and knowledge so, pertaining you know, to. The one thing is, like you said, I'm old school. So America is America. We do what we want, right? That's yeah. a great yep. thing about our country is we have the freedom to choose what we do. And no one should have any say in that. And I'm very firm believer in that. But at the same time, we have to have common sense. Yes. And we have to regulate ourselves a, a, a little bit in that area. Yes. Right? Oh, like, if if we end sure. up with some draconian regulation on reptiles, it's our own fault. Right. A hundred percent. We have to be responsible where we send stuff, what houses we do. And, yep. and just for the animal's sake alone, right? Like even every little leopard gecko deserves that from us, right? Whether, yeah. you know, they, that person should be vetted, right. whether they can we, take care of we it compared or to, to no. Compared to like the, the fish hobby. And in the fish hobby, it's common sense. Well, say common sense. It's Use a common practice. You don't just go buy the tank and the fish in the same day. Now, people unfortunately do it, and then everything dies. Especially saltwater. Yeah. Like, Especially saltwater. you're supposed to get it, set it up, make sure you have everything right, and then get the animal. Or in reptiles, it seems completely the other way. Someone walks in, gets an animal, goes, oh, I guess now I need to start getting stuff for it. When I, uh, 
when I got my first saltwater tank, that first 30 days with no fish in it was the whole nightmare. Like, oh, there's, there's and then you can't put like everything water. in there. You just gotta like put some stuff to cycle yep. it in and yeah. Yep. And I think that's, I think that's one thing that the shows, you know, it's a minor thing, but people coming to the shows, they're coming to look for a reptile or they're coming to see what's out there. So at least they have it in their head that they're thinking about getting a reptile versus when they walked into, I won't say a name, but a retail pet store looking to look at kittens and they see this cool lizard, you know, that can get that no one has any knowledge about and they, and they do an impulse buy on that, mm-hmm. right? Because they had no intention going for a reptile when they went into that pet store. But at least here they, they're interested in the reptile. They're looking for a reptile. Otherwise they wouldn't come here. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then, or you have a specialty reptile pet store. That's the same way. Right. So I think that part's good. I think you have a little less impulse towards buying a reptile now maybe an impulse on the actual reptile they pick maybe yes so but that's easy that's where it falls on us to steer I, them in i the right cringed direction. earlier i watched a mom walk out with three little boys like about 11 12 years old and a sulcata and i was like oh fuck they just bought because it's, it's a cute adorable sulcata and we all know it's a 150 pound animal full grown and the odds of that thing getting to that are probably not good. I, I just saw poop is bigger than your hand. I just saw a video yesterday. Somebody walking through their house, going, "He went through that wall. He went through that wall." <laughs> and now he's in the garage, hitting the garage door. This freaking sulcata had gone through three walls. I in the never house. get folks Jeez. that let sulcatas walk around the house. I don't fucking understand it. I own sulcatas, and I'm not letting that thing. Shit I don't in my even house. let my dog walk around the house all the time. Like when right. I get ready to eat dinner, she's going into her crate. Yeah, because she's not going to sit and. But she won't time. walk through a wall. Or well, knock my toilet off the She might try to hinges. go through the wall. That, you know, that's the thing. Like, I have the room to do stuff like that now, but I won't even do it. Like I said before, I'm, I'm going on 60 years old. What do I do with those? Animals are going to outlive me for sure. Yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't make sense. By the time it gets them, that big, no. you can't even really handle something that big. I mean, it's no. going to be. Like, well, I, yeah. I mean, how do you handle a adult sulcata when right. you're 80 years old? Like, that's. That's you lot. read the book, The Memoirs of a Tortoise, and learn all about Oliver and his pet human. You get carts, I guess, and <laughs> get a little forklift and fall around. Right? Well, think One about of Sean my favorite with, books ever. Sean with Kona, she's probably 300 pounds. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And she's not even fully grown. No. Uh, the big Aldabra. Aldabra. Yeah. yeah. And he's got two other ones he's going to be growing up. Yeah. Well, those things are so cool. I would love, you know, if I was 20 years old. Yes. Yeah. You know, but. I would love to have one. They're, I mean, they're awesome. But that's one of those things you have to self-regulate. I mean, right? even like, me at 42, the the animal. if I get a baby sulca- a baby Aldabra, I'm probably not going to see it as an adult. It, right? He will. Yeah. But well, that's And that's why I think it's responsible pet selling on the part of the breeders. The sulcata is fine, but I put it in the same thing as like the chameleon, right? A chameleon is probably not a great pet for most people. Sulcata is not. But there are definitely other options that would do better. A redfoot would do better then it's Okada. That's the thing. We have to self-regulate what we produce, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. So that's a big part of it. So Okadas are so easy to produce. Yes. You, know, you put them out, they're, they're going to they're gonna breed. Uh, Unfortunately. Whether you want them to or not. And, and, and the numbers. And a bunch of eggs. Yeah, it's the numbers. So, all right, well, we've gone longer yep. than I thought. But then Katie has to get back to the front. I mean, at this point, I've, I'm fixed enough to turn around and come right back here. You've got 30 minutes. Oh. But... David, thanks for coming on. If people want to get a hold of you and talk to you about some of the really cool reptiles you have, what can they do? So they can, the easiest way to find me is to go on Facebook and do a search for Eclectic Reptile. I try to keep some content updated on that um, regularly. I don't have a website, but I don't have time for it. I just take my time to spend with my animals instead of doing that. So message me off of Facebook. Um, my phone number's on there. You can... I'm, Text me, call me. Not at I'm three there. in the morning. 
yet. Please wait until. Please, please wait at least till six. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, I mean, we're producing a lot of Blue Beauty Anoles, um, the Colotus Colotus, Euromastics. We're about sold out of those. I have a few really nice ornate babies left. I've got one Euro, and he, and he hates me. I have a oscillated Euro. He's not a fan of me, and I've had him for years. Just doesn't like me. I've got babies that eat out of your hand. They're already coming, sit in your hand. Like, Melissa does, Melissa's big into the exposing them and handling them and, and making yeah. and adjust to humans, and everything she touches is hand-tame and just great, right, within a week. But, um, yeah, so we've got some great stuff coming, a lot of n nice baby boas. But the main focus, oh, another thing, too, is we're doing the uh, albino equestress equestress. So I'm hoping to have some of those babies available later. Cool. So, so yeah, if, if, if you are interested in a cool pet lizard, a colorful pet lizard, and you're like, oh, I want a chameleon, stop and <laughs> check out Eclectic Reptile and check out the Anoles. I think they are far superior when it comes to just care in general and super pretty. Like, I, I can't explain how And I'll colorful. make sure you're successful with them. Yeah. 100%. Like, I'm there to answer questions anytime. And anybody will tell you that I bought that spot stuff from me will tell you that. I'm more, the, I like that part of it. I actually do. Right? Like, I like people, nothing better than when somebody breeds stuff from you. That right? is true. So, like, just quickly, like, right now I'm working with the Jamaica Giant and Oles. So, they were available because it was a wild population in Florida years ago. And a couple cold fronts wiped them out. They were selling in pet stores across the country for. You know, $49, $69. And now there's four adult females in existence. Really? No one in the U.S. There may be a few out there we don't know about, right? Wow. But the breeder community, there's four out there. So I have three of them, right? Jeez. So, you know, we're working hard to establish that in, in herpetoculture, you know. So that's an important project we're doing. So, you know, that's another one if people are interested in getting into that. That's See, that's, cool. that's another one of those things that... Because of the way our hobby works, because certain things become so popular, there's been a lot of species that have gone through that where they were very common. You see them in pet stores all the time. Like some of these pythons out of Australia or stuff were oh, super common. And then they... Mal Maliuromastics. You know, yeah. there's a lot of Euromastics almost lost to our hobby because nobody bred them because they were imported and so cheap. You know, wasn't yeah, I wish Egyptian Euromastics were more common. I mean, they're, they're, they're puppy dog size. Like, yeah. it's, it's an awesome lizard. They are. But, I mean, there's really, you get, like, the red and yellow, your method, that's all you really there's get. There's a few captive breeders that are working with them, Philip Lights from Arids Only and, and Michael Rodriguez. There's a few that are working with them. Such an impressive lizard. But, all right, okay. let's, let's okay, go. Uh, David, thanks for coming by. Thank you, David. Uh, we'll be back later with someone else. Okay. Bye. All right, we are back with Amanda Terry of the Texas Sea Life Center. Against her will, she is here <laughs> to talk to us. Sean Gray is also filling in for Katie. I'm emotional support for Amanda. <laughs> I feel bad for her already. I know, right? <laughs> but So what is the Texas Sea Life Center? What do you all do? So we are a rehab, uh, wildlife hospital by trade. We do sea turtle, shorebird, and raptor rehab. Um, and then we have a bunch of education animals. We're open to the public. Um, all volunteer-based, all donation-run. Um, nobody takes home a check. Uh, we've seen so far this year, we've released about 150 sea turtles. We have about 15 in rehab right now. And y'all got a lot of coverage at the freeze. If yes. Any, if anybody oh, yes. is in the South that remembers the freeze <laughs> in Texas and Louisiana, yes. I mean, how many turtles did y'all have at that point? We probably had about 800 come through our doors at that point. Wow. 
wow. Yeah, so for anybody, you can go check out our buddy Max's View's YouTube channel. He yeah. did a video of the release yeah. when y'all released it's him. It's not called Max's View anymore. What is it? Max's Wildlife Adventures or something. Oh. I'll look it up. Right, I'll fuck going. it. I'll, whatever. <laughs> Find Max. He's on YouTube somewhere. But there's a video of, of the release, and it was, I mean... It's just like well, before the, just eating tor- tor- turtles yeah, off just, the ship yeah, into the we water. Were just eating them off the. Yeah. <laughs> what y'all didn't see though is before the release, all the work that had to be done to get yeah. prepared for release, and I got to come volunteer yeah. for some of that, and okay. it, it still was max It was mind numbing. Um, you walk in the Sea Life Center as it is, and there's just turtles on the. Floor I just imagine just troughs everywhere that you had to get in. Well, when um, and you just get to a point where you like block the turtles in with tubs, and then they're just on the floor because there yeah. were just so many. That's the um, first video when you go to Max's yeah. YouTube is releasing turtles. those turtles. The turtles, yeah. yeah. That was that was a cool. That was cool. How many different species did y'all have to deal with during that? Oh, it was mainly greens uh, because the greens are the ones that live in the shallow inshore waters. God, and they got so cold. The, the ones that drop. Like anybody offshore just goes deeper where it's warmer. Um, but they, they get into those, into the laguna and they can't get out fast enough before their body temperature drops. So, How, Any idea on the numbers of deaths they found? A lot. Um... There were about, don't quote me on these numbers, but there were about, I think, like 14,000 turtles that came in total, and probably at least 50% of those were found dead. That's crazy. Just because it was, the conditions were too bad to even get out. I mean, we were getting turtles that were, like, frozen already. Is that the whole, you guys cover the whole Gulf Coast or just Um, We just do primarily the uh, North Padre Island, Corpus Christi area. There's three rehabs, um, the Texas State Aquarium, the ARC, and us here in this area. And then down south, there's uh, Sea Turtles, Inc. And then up north, there's a, a rehab in Galveston also. I know so we have one in Galveston. Yeah. I, I grew up in Galveston County. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so there's one at the at the university. Um, yeah, we have the, Mar- the Marine Manville Stranding Network there, too, mm-hmm. that has yep, that big. Yeah, So there there are three facilities here, but all the facilities were maxed. I mean, yeah. and that for the first, two, first day or two, all the bridges were frozen. And so we were the only rehab facility that was accessible. Man. You couldn't get to the aquarium, and you couldn't. You could get to the ark, but they didn't have any power, and so it was it was a mess. Was there anything other than turtles that you had to deal with during that freeze that suffered? Uh, birds, um, oh. a lot of birds. Yes. Also, um, we didn't get many in, but um, but yeah, I'm sure there were a lot of Man. casualties of birds too. It's 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 an it's an inconceivable number of turtles. I can't. I yeah. don't think people can imagine that many turtles yeah. in an area. Like, because yeah. you don't see them that much when you're out in a boat. You don't no. see a lot mm-hmm. of them. No, unless you're at the jetties. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're at the jetties where they're feeding, you do. Yes. But but yeah, if you're out, yeah, yeah. But there's and there's still a lot out there. <laughs> so if it if it gets cold again this year, get ready to work, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we saw. <laughs> We see them all the time at the. I fish the Galveston jetties quite often. Yeah, yeah. You know, we see them. Unfortunately, I've actually hooked my father-in-law hooked yeah. one one time. Yeah. He, it all of a sudden, it just his pole just bent over, and he thinks he's got a big fish, and it's he's dragging a turtle, probably this big backwards. And I'm like, ah. I was in a. Thank big... goodness he had a braided line, uh-huh. and we were able to get it up, and I was able to yeah. grab the turtle while yeah. he got it out because I didn't want it to be dragging around, you know, 300 mm-hmm. feet of freaking. Yeah. I was in a yeah. big kayak fishing tournament in Louisiana fishing for redfish. And someone thought they hooked a huge redfish, and they pull up this turtle in a kayak. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Yep. So how big are we talking for, I guess, the largest of these turtles you brought in? Um, I know that they, uh, 
the aquarium took most of the bigger ones because we work really well with all the all the facilities work together and kind of are like, oh well, we can't take these three hundred pound ones, but you guys can take all the three hundred pound ones, and we can take all the twenty pound ones. You know. Yeah. Um. So I mean, there were there were probably a handful that were about. 300 pounds maybe that's a lot of and turtle. then mo- but the majority of ours are usually about five five to ten kilos so 20 20 10 20 pounds yeah, that's much easier to work with well, looks everyone they're just slapping you oh yeah they oh, just yeah, start they the other yeah, slap i almost fell in one of the big tanks too <laughs> we, were, we were we were netting them and one just took off on me yeah. in the net and i almost went over but um but we had luckily uh, the water's heated so yeah well <laughs> yeah so we had um you had dr heatley Joe yeah, Lee, and yeah, she's Joe actually Lee. the vet that does all my health checks at the pet store. Um, she was here doing the uh, blood work. Minerals, yeah, the um, toxicity, um, heavy metal toxicity. Yeah, she was heavy. doing blood work. So it was like an assembly line. You had people out, like, putting turtles, moving turtles into tanks, changing where they were coming, if they were getting a release tank or if they were in intensive care tanks, feeding, changing water, washing tubs, everything we could do, and then inside – the ones that were on the floor that were getting ready for release were getting handed off to people who were going out to take them back to the boats so they could be dumped off the boats. So it was a on was the, crazy. On the turtle slide. On the on turtle, the turtle slide. slide, yeah. Yep, yep, that was cool. Do you Next guys to- get a lot of turtles in from, like, boat strikes and stuff? We don't, not we not as many as, like, they do in Florida um, because we don't have. We don't have the waterways, the kind they do. Right, um, and it's. So we do, definitely don't get as many as we do in, as they do in Florida, but we do get some. Um, we get a, we get a lot of fishing line. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but since our since Bob Hall Pierce gone, we yeah. haven't had that as much anymore. So because yeah. <laughs> it was right there by the jetties, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so. close. It's close Pretty enough close, to cause yeah. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so. So I guess the last hurricane took it out. Yeah, Hannah. They're rebuilding it. Well, they're tearing it down first and then rebuilding it. So. What else, do y'all? Right, right now at the, what do y'all have in there taken care of? Um, we've got laughing gulls, uh, or seagulls. Uh, That's got to be loud. It is. They're outside. Um, it's still loud. It's still loud. <laughs> it's still loud. Um, we have we have seven um, education raptors. Our bar now that you saw over yeah. there. Uh, the crested Cara- uh, Cara- Harris hawk, two American kestrels, and a peregrine falcon. Saw Kara Kara on the side of the road on the way down here, sitting on the power line. Just, so cool. It's a weird looking bird. We've got, yep. we've got nests behind my house. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's a nest at the center, too, yeah, in the Oakmont. Cool. For yeah. an animal that looks like this would be this awesome predator, but they're basically a scavenger. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. To me, they kind of look like if a parrot uh, fucked well, a raptor. I don't well, <laughs> Good description. The, the, the Kara Kara got loose the last time we were doing the talk over oh, here. God. Oh, God. Really? We were in the ballroom. Holy shit. Yeah, we were in the ballroom. Because they're super, they're very, very smart birds. And yeah. so she can unclip herself from the. Oh, nice. Yeah. She didn't like, start flying around the room. Oh, no. Yeah. She was running well, and jumping. Was, and it was. Because like, it was in the ballroom. It was in the we had, carpeted. In the, yeah, we were in the educational yeah. room. Yeah. Luckily, the door was shut. I just, I just came out and shut the door and said, okay, we have a bit of a situation. Um, but luckily, it wasn't as bad of a situation as it could have been because uh, we caught it before she got out into yeah. like this room. <laughs> yeah, she was she was not happy. Yeah, I had never seen one until I moved uh, to Texas, and we went herping and then like flying over a field. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Thunder yeah. chicken. At yeah, first, he's like, cool. is that a bald eagle? And I'm like, yeah, no, it was the white it's head. Too small. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. Because yeah. we do have a few bald eagles in the wintertime in that area that come yeah. down, yeah. and uh, but not you know we end up with a lot of caracaras up there. Yeah, uh, when it's when it starts yeah. getting cold down here, and mm-hmm. you know, pushes them up there. 
Yep. For some reason, you guys will be cold down here, and we won't be as cold mm-hmm. over by Galveston. Is I think I think Amanda's favorites from the Pelicans come in though. Like we were well, last time we were here. Oh yeah, Lori. Lori was out taking some friends. I think it was Debbie and Bill yeah. out to the jetties to go look, look at sea turtles, and they found Lori and found a pelican that had like got something stuck in its throat yeah. or something. And how painful is a pelican bite? I just feel like there's not if a lot of strength it, in that bite. There's not, but they do have that little hook on. If they the get end. the tip. They if pinch. they get, yeah, if they if they get you with that, but and it's also kind of like it gives you like paper cut, you know, because gotcha. it's real thin, um, but not bad, not like a um, like a ter- royal turn. They have a terrible bite. Really, mm-hmm. pelicans will smack you with their wings too, won't they? Uh-huh. Yeah. So will sea turtles. <laughs> with so with, many slaps with their sea turtle wings. <laughs> All the slapping. <laughs> so. uh Y'all ever get uh, like aquatic mammals or any sort of like large fish or anything? We don't do fish or mammals. Okay. Um, that's the the Texas Marine Mammal Training Network has a branch down here that does the gotcha. same thing. It's the headquarters in Galveston, so we refer all of that to them. And there's really not anybody who does fish rehab because it's just so tricky to transport water stuff, yeah. and transport and yeah. Well, so. last time here there was a alligator confiscation. Yeah, we have. Yeah. We do get like occasionally get alligators right. and I, uh, lots of turtles. Mm-hmm. I worked patrol for the sheriff's office in Galveston County for a couple of years, and uh, I spent a summer in Bolivar on the peninsula uh. over there. I got bitten by a um, a dolphin. <laughs> it was it stranded itself, and oh, I got yeah. my foot too close to its head. Yep, and it latched onto my foot, <laughs> and look, I had <laughs> boots on, and they have teeth. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. its teeth were like they penetrated the boot, but not my foot. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Um, yeah. Because we would be the first ones, because they'd call, you know they'd call nine one one for a dolphin on the beach. Right. So I'd always be the first one there, and ninety nine percent of the time they were dead. I grew up flounder gigging out at Bolivar. Yep. The Bolivar Flats. Yeah. Lots of stingrays. Yep. Lots of sharks. Lots of little sand sharks. Lots of little sharks out there in that pocket. <laughs> so being a uh, uh, rehab and kind of like a rescue for these, how often do you have things just dropped off? A lot. Well, because right now we are fairly short staffed. We don't have a lot of volunteers. Um, so I have pretty much gone to, you have to bring stuff unless it's a seat, like, cause people are really paranoid about putting a sea turtle in their car, thankfully. Um, (laughs) but so a lot of times it will go rescue sea turtles and then like raptors, stabby birds, things like that. But, um, most of the time I have people, we have cages out front that we, uh, just drop, uh, animals off. People drop animals off and just call and just call me after hours. What's the weirdest thing y'all had dropped off? Uh, dropped off. I feel like you show up one day and there's something sitting there and you're like, what the hell? This is not where you send this. Um, nothing really weird. Well, we do have had dogs dropped off, tied like tied to the, and I'm like, people. We're out the pound. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> um, but the weirdest, probably one of the weirdest things we ever had. Well, we did a after Hurricane Harvey, we did a duck. <laughs> we had like 50 to 80 ducks. Do you remember that? Yeah. When all the ducks were. <laughs> the ducks. Uh, we had a guy who lived in Rockport lost his well. His well got salt water in it, so his ducks were dying of thirst. Oh, wow. Uh, and so we took all his ducks for, like, six weeks. Uh, so all these weird, fancy ducks and pheasants. Uh, and I was thinking, like, just, like, native ducks, like, that got sick. Oh, no, 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 like, someone's like annoying fancy, yard ducks. Yeah, fancy duck, ducks. Yeah. And then wow. we had an emu, too, at that time. I didn't know about the emu. Yeah. It was around the same time as the hurricane. A- after Hurricane Ike, we had an emu loose in the city. I was, I was a police officer during Hurricane mm-hmm. Ike. We had an emu that was loose for, like, months there was one just loose in houston like three weeks ago one of the sheriff's deputies who was a city boy said i go out there and catch that thing 
Dude, that thing ripped his uniform. I'm from, sure. Yeah. If he they're, hadn't they're had a, the vest on, it would have. Yeah. It would have fucked bad. him up. He was. Yeah. A, Steve was cool. His name was Steve. Steve was cool. See the um. scary. So I used to be a zookeeper and I worked with crocodiles and venom and snakes and all that, and that's fine. The scariest thing I've ever had to do was go into the pen with a cassowary. Oh yeah. Oh no, that's, yeah. that's a thunder uh-huh. chicken. That thing, yeah. like all I had was this big like metal pole with a Y on the end of it, and if it comes running at me, I'm just supposed to shove it in his chest. I'm like, yeah. This thing can jump over that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. Why am I in here? Ninja yes. kick you in yeah. the face. Yeah, they're scary. Yeah, then kind of the same, along the same lines. Uh, but Steve was cool. He was a cool. Yeah, but cassowaries just look like they're gonna fuck you up. Like yeah. their yeah. eyes, yeah. just like I'm just gonna ram and my head up. straight through your we skull. Had someone posted a video on our discussion group the other day of a cassowary chasing like a side by side. Like they were out doing some sort of study, and I came across a cassowary, and it chases it for a good like three minutes, just like so, straight through the, the jungle. There's a podcast I listen to called Tooth and Claw. And uh, they do nothing but animal. He's a biologist in Yellowstone. The main guy is. And then his brother is like his assistant. And then they have a friend who's also a biologist of some kind. And uh, they did one on cassowary attacks. And almost every one of them were people were feeding the cassowary. Fuck that. Why? They were feeding a cassowary in the <laughs> wild. Yeah, why? And then, and Wrong. Then have you not seen Jurassic Park? One day they went out there without food, and the cassowary was like, oh, oh you didn't yeah. bring any food. I'm going to uh, fuck you up. Now I, I'm going to kill dead. you. <laughs> That's like every video I see in the Yellowstone of someone getting hit by a bison. What? Why? Why did oh, you yeah. walk up to a bison? I just watched a video a few minutes ago of two bison fighting in the road. Oh, I saw that and one. Car, like people standing there. Fuck that! My car's getting out of there. And the people yeah. are yelling, "Get away from!" They will kill you. Mm-hmm. People don't think like wild animals see humans as like I guess as humans. Like, oh, we won't mess with humans. Yes, because we're we're so used to our dogs. Exactly. Like well, and you don't realize people don't realize how strong and sharp a bison's horns are mm-hmm. no. uh, on that same podcast they did one there's a there's an island in the middle of the great salt lake and it has bison on it and people go out there and hike and this guy got attacked by he came over a ridge or like a saddle and there was bison right there and before he could get away it got him broke a couple ribs punctures oh. he met a girl in his tinder profile he put on there i've been attacked by a bison and she messaged him was like did you provoke it and he was like no they ended up hitting it off he took her out there he got tired and stopped and she went over the same saddle same thing but that bison put a horn through her foot. They're a perfect Ooh. couple. That is a perfect <laughs> couple. So ask when <clears throat> next time you see Hannah, ask her about our bison experience in Medicine Park. We were driving down a road. There's it actually popped up on my feed uh, memories uh, a few days ago. We're driving down this road, and this massive herd of bison is walking on the ridge next to us, and they come down on, on the road, and we ask stop and just let them cross. And there's probably 15, 20 male bison in this group, and a bunch of cows, and a bunch of calves. And so they finally, whenever we get to an area where they, they go off into the trail, we're able to go around them, and we have we stop at this little park to go to the restroom. There's, like, public restrooms out there in the middle of this park. And me and Hannah run in real quick, and we leave the car park, and we come out, and the fucking entire herd of bison <laughs> is around us. <laughs> like, there's no doors on these bathrooms, like those little concrete yeah. square things you go into. He's waiting for to wander in with And you. Hannah is oblivious, <laughs> and she's just like, do 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 comes walking out, and I'm yelling at her, like, stop, don't go back in the bathroom. And she looks, and then Haley and Peyton are in the truck going. <laughs> they're just surrounding the truck. But they started fighting out there. Oh, jeez. The males started. It, it was shaking the ground. Yeah. They were from, I mean, maybe 200 feet from us That's when they when they went by us. And they were hitting them. They're 2,000-pound so animals. You could see the dust flying off of them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're fucked. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so where I, went, where I went to college in Alabama, there was a guy just outside of the town. We drove by one day and realized he had bison. So we stopped to look at him, and he invited us back to talk to him. And we went and talked to him. And he said, yeah, I used to have two males. And he said, when they'd get to chasing each other, 
they'd run through pine trees like they were toothpicks, yeah. just knocking them over. And he said one day they just got into it and and one got the other one really good and just yeah. gored them to death. And I was like, there's Geez. a there's a farm yeah. near us that has that has bison. Close in to the us. town I grew up in, they had there was a guy who had bison that he bred for meat. Good and, meat. And uh, you know all the cow people, all the ranchers and guys, they all you kind of know each other in a small town. And once a year, he would get all of us to come help him work the bison, you know, worm them and stuff like that. But I've watched him hit his, his, you know, like us, you know, we had beef cattle and dairy cattle. So our, our shoots and our holding were yep, made same. with, you know, two by sixes. Yeah. His were made with railroad timbers. And I've watched those bison hit them and break them like yeah. they were nothing. Mm. Well, see, I think that's what we talked about. People not understand. So they see a bison and then they think cow. It's not the same thing. Like, no. I worked with someone at the zoo who had to take care of deer for the first time, and she saw deer, and so I was like, be careful. She's like, I've taken care of horses. It's not a fucking horse. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I've been kicked by a horse. And that's when she came to me one day, and she goes, you were right. It pinned me up in the barn and went to box, and I was like, yeah. They'll stand up on their back legs and fuck you up. Mike Tyson your ass. Yeah. So I imagine, like, like with rescue people, like, they see a sick animal, oh, I'm going to go take care of it. I'm like, well, that's the worst time. To, you need to be careful. Right, yeah. And it's, uh, like, the funniest thing to me is, like, people just, like you say, don't have any idea. Like, they'll come in with, a, like, a great blue heron, and it's head, <laughs> like, they're not holding its head. And I'm like, what are hey, you doing? Pause. I need you all to look up at the kid walking by. I did. She walked by that's earlier. Awesome. I want that yeah. mask. <laughs> Got a giant lizard mask on. So, so awesome. want that. <laughs> so weird. I can see Sean riding around on his oh, scooter chair. Oh, it's happening. Man. I'm finding one scooter mask on. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I added a I added a beach chair to my one wheel yesterday. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I saw yeah. it. So amazing. So, but, but yeah, but back to the like the people that just they'll you'll see it when I work at the zoo. They bring in stuff like one day guy bought one of those big uh, blue barrels. Like they store things. He goes, yeah, I caught a rattlesnake, and like in there's like a full grown timber rattlesnake. Well, why? 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 Why did you bring it here? <laughs> why did you? First off, how'd you get it in there? And, and then it's not why? Like the Alexandria Zoo is out on the outskirts of town. It's right. in, the, in the, middle the middle of town, town. Yeah. right on the river. There, I'm like, we had a guy call the shop last week and asked James if he could sex his his rattlesnake, his atrox. Uh... He said, "What do I do?" I said, "Tell him to send you a picture and send it to me. It's it's a female." Yeah. Okay. Done. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to bring it in. <laughs> Please don't. That was yeah. a female. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stuff like that, it's just like, ooh, don't, ignorance is bliss. Just imagine someone <laughs> trying to rescue a pelican. I'm like, that thing doesn't want to be, re- I get that it may be injured, but it does not want to be rescued. Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I always say, if, if something is sick enough to catch it, then it needs to be caught, because they really don't want to be no. caught. Oh. So what kind of outreach do y'all do? Um, well, we do, we don't, unfortunately don't do much right now. Um, we... Do I guess y'all been down since COVID and it's hard yeah, to come back. Yeah, and we just don't have a lot of volunteers, you know. Um, but we do events like this. Um, I go to some summer camps, stuff like that. Um, and then we are open to public, and a lot of people bring, like, their Boy Scout and Girl Scout troops for tours, stuff like that. We are looking at getting an education coordinator to start doing more of that stuff so we can do um, more events. What's the process if someone wants to become a volunteer or help out? or What is the process of that? Does it just show up? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then we'll get you, you know, we would get, um, fill out a volunteer application, figure out scheduling, stuff like that. So if someone was t- taking a, a trip down to the Corpus Christi area, if they wanted to they could contact you ahead of time, if they wanted to come out and help you on their, while they're here and do Usually stuff? Usually on, for things like that, we don't do that, but they can. We are open for tours, so they can, you know, they can come and see the facility and see gotcha. what we're doing. But usually I don't do, like, vacation volunteers gotcha. just they can definitely donate you can definitely yeah absolutely take. absolutely donations we have a gift shop there at the center um you can adopt animals 
can, can uh, virtually, virtually, adopt. virtually yeah. adopt. You're not, you're not, you're not taking home a sea turtle. You don't, no. you don't you get can't to take, take the sea turtle home. You can't take I promise the, you. The porcupine doesn't get to go home with you. Pear. Pear, prickly pear, the porcupine. <laughs> I, um, I'm surprised you don't have one of those yet, Sean. Yeah, porcupine? Give yes. it time. Have you seen my employees? Like, <laughs> they get bit by everything. I mean, like I Grant, it, Grant is literally kicking all of their asses right now. Is he really? Oh, yeah. We're putting ah. outdoor pins down See, that's for funny because I brought my parents up there when they were visiting. I took my mom in there, and we played oh, with Grant. Grant just wants to kill Kaylin and, and James. That That's fun. is funny. Well, there's a picture of my mom petting it, and I'm thinking. I could see Kaylin coming out from the porcupine room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, doesn't like me. No, the cabbies, she's doing great. They're great with her. Yeah. But everything else either bites them or, yeah, like Eddie. Eddie gets bit by the chinchillas. Like, the chinchillas don't like Eddie. And chinchillas, are they don't they love everyone. But right. just They, they want to like fuck Eddie. Eddie up. Well, that uh, when y'all first opened, y'all had that mango, not mango, um, the Mandarin rat. The Mandarin, oh, I still like have James. the Mandarin rat. And Sean was, and, uh, and uh, James was like, it never bites at all. And he sticks his hand in there. Bow! And then an, my blackhead python, Ozzy, loves to bite James on the stomach, just on the belly. Every time he comes out, <laughs> it's he a big target. James right in, the tar- right in the belly. It's a pretty big target. Yeah, it's, yeah but still. like they. So a porcupine, yeah, that's what I should get. They keep asking me to get all this crazy stuff, and I'm like, you know what? You're going to die. I don't want big snakes. I don't want any of this. Can you get all the? Let's King get a Quadamundi. No, Come on. King no, no Quadamundi. You could get a porcupine. Where am I going to keep a porcupine? I don't know. Make it more interesting. Get a North American one. Look so at, it's okay. The quills. Okay. Like, stay Hold in there. on. <laughs> Take a picture of the inside of Pear's enclosure for me tomorrow. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Was it you? Uh, oh, no, dude. we're building. We're building your concrete yeah. one. Yeah. Like I can go in with Pear. It's funny because you'll go in with Pear and she has her so pond. Sweet. And she's so sweet, and she'll eat out of your hand. But Pear's big now. Pear was a little thirty-five. Big. Yeah, she's big. So I can go in there, and she'll rattle a little bit, but then she'll come up to you, and she'll take your whatever you're feeding her. Sweet potatoes, are like her favorite, right? Mm-hmm. But everything around is chewed to fuck. <laughs> like, like it looks like a beaver got in there and yeah. fucked basically, everything up. But basically, it's, is it's, yeah. it's a beaver with spikes. So yeah. I know we talk about shit a lot on this podcast, but porcupine shit and urine is one of the worst smells uh-huh. I've ever smelled. Because I, I the and the, zoo, the porcupine exhibit was right across from the tortoises. And so every morning I get to take care of the tortoises and I can just get a whiff. I'm like, oh, God, that is horrible. Uh-huh. When, when I used to hunt out in Junction, we had a lot of porcupines there. And I've watched them chew on the leg of a deer, a metal deer feeder, like chewing on it. And you can oh, hear yeah. it. Yeah. When you're sitting there and you're like, dude, dude what? Yeah. Because it's nothing but junipers out there, cedars. And they yeah. don't chew on those yeah. because of the, you know, the oils, oils and stuff. Yeah. I have a good question for you. What in the world made you decide you want to do this? Uh, insanity. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody asks me that question all the time, so I'm, I'm giving it to you. Um, well, we, I was a veterinary technician. Well, I still am a veterinary technician by trade. Um, well, those I'm, people aren't right in the head in the first yeah, place. And I met my significant other who is oh, yeah, Tim. A exotic animal veterinarian, so also definitely not right in the head. Yeah. Um, and then he moved down to Corpus. Um, we met in Houston, and he moved down to Corpus and opened and worked for the aquarium and worked for the other rehab facilities and there was we were always having to take animals to his veterinary clinic to do things you know do surgeries do x-rays do all that and he was like i have a great idea let's open a, <laughs> let's open a wildlife hospital and i was like great um yeah but no, so that's how it got started um but now we have full um hospital capabilities we have x-ray endoscopy ultrasound um laser surgery um, oh wow! So it's, do, we can, so it's not just like a hospital. like a, we come in and rehab this in a pool. You like have full yeah, on medical. Yeah, we have full equipment. functioning surgery, yeah. all, all blood work, anything like that. So, so you, wow. he does a lot of the work on the polyps. 
Um, and it's interesting too because when we were in the Keys, um, the Turtle Hospital there is really big. It's like built in a. It was like an old hotel that they used the pool. They used to filter the water from the ocean, and that was the swimming pool. This massive pool. Well, it's still like that, but now it's sea turtles. In oh, that's cool. That's. Cool. But yeah, Tim used really to work. Cool. He worked there. He was a veterinarian. He was a yeah. vet there, but there was another. Um, there was another guy there that used to um, that was doing some studies on it, and I can't remember. I passed Doctor, him on. Doctor Mater. Uh, yeah, I passed on some information to Tim. They were doing some studies about what's causing it, and he was actually being able to treat it and see a really big result in reducing it. So you can explain the polyps a little more scientifically, but if you see, you'll see that if you see sea turtles, you'll see a lot of these like growths, yeah. especially around their eyes and their mm-hmm. buttholes. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you checking out their buttholes, Sean? That's, that's just where they're at. They're on around their buttholes. <laughs> keep your, keep your eyes have on you their eyes. Seen, have keep you ever seen a sea turtle butthole? Okay. No, I've stayed okay. away from that. All right. So, but the, it's like the human papilla. Yeah, it's it's a it's a herpes virus. Yeah. Uh, it's contagious only to sea turtles. Primarily green sea turtles are the ones that are affected by it. Um, so they'll have the virus their entire lives, but if you do surgery and remove the warts, then they... So what you tell me is there's some infected human went out there and like turtle buttholes, and now they have Yeah, Sean. That's HPV. not what I was saying at all. <laughs> you, you but gave, that's where the laser gave, comes in. You gave in. all turtles HPV. I was trying to go into the segue, that's where the cool laser goes in. Yes, so yeah. So we have, so we take, you, we take, um, all those, uh, warts off with a laser. And so, yeah. That is cool. I totally had a question, but then we got to talk about turtle buttholes. Turtle buttholes. And, and my, my mind went blank. Uh-huh. It went blank. <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. Oh, and then you, we've tried to, you, you probably, you've talked to Tim, so, but trying to get Tim on the podcast would be good too, because he's yeah. got some stories. Well, you and I talked to him here last year. Yeah. You introduced me to him. Yeah. And then I don't think we ever followed up on that. He just flew to Denver for a Yeah, he was here right? for like five minutes. He was here, yeah, morning. he was here this morning really quickly. Um. But Tim's seen some Hello. things. Hi, Lori. Do y'all do anything with, uh, like, nesting sites or anything around here? Um, we don't do anything. Our group, uh, the Naf- Pottery Island National Seashores is the one who does uh, monitors all the nests around here. Um, so we just do the uh, larger adult, more adult species. Or you can follow them on Facebook, too, and YouTube public releases. Um, yeah. So yeah. They'll, like, no, they'll, they'll make a post, hey, we're going to release this animal or this sea turtle. And it's cool to see all the people in the community come show up. Yeah, we have usually releases. Thousand five hundred to a thousand people oh, wow. on our releases. Yeah. Now those people would just give you like ten bucks a piece. Right, right, right. yeah. That's that's I mean, the thing. Donate. Come out and see the release and give us ten dollars. Yeah, I mean it's it, we usually do make decent money because we take a booth and we sell stuff and we take donations, so we do make a good decent amount of money. But yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, how I guess how busy are y'all outside of a freeze? How often are y'all having to bring things in, and how many animals do you normally have on hand? Right now, I have 15 sea turtles. Um, See, that seems like a lot until you think about the freeze. And- right, and it will, <laughs> yes. and the thing about the sea turtles that I have is they're all 80, well, six of them are 80 pounds and larger, because they're long heads. I have oh, wow. heads. So, um, one of them is 167 pounds, so they eat, they're eating 40 pounds of fish out of feeding. My God, that wow. is so, yeah. total. Yeah, so. donate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, as far as birds go, this this time of year is winding down on like baby birds because we do also take baby dove, baby songbirds, all those. We don't discriminate. Um, eye roll inserted. Um, <laughs> but so, but that is coming to an end. Uh, so it's just we're entering the slowest time of the year for 
both visitors and patients. Yeah. Um, because then once it gets cold again, then it amps up and it's pretty gangbusters. All so off. that means you can come to the Brian show. No, I still don't have any. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I still don't have any help, John. Mm. <laughs> so I, 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 I Hannah's going to Hannah's going to volunteer next summer. Fairly certain it was you one morning coming out of one of the shows coming out of the hotel. Were you No, I live no, here. She lives you here. live here. Okay. We're actually staying in their condo. They got who a is, house so we're staying in their who condo. Who is it that also has Raptors at some of the shows? Mario and Brandy. Yeah, and they were like, is anybody looking? And I'm like, nope. And she comes out with that screech owl at her arm. Yeah, yeah, no, we live here, so. Okay. So what species of turtles do you ha- have y'all had to deal with? I know, you know we talked about greens. We do greens, loggerheads, kemps, um, primarily are the primary three that we have. Um, and then occasionally a hawksbill and leatherback are native to the area, but I've never seen one this far north. That's a massive turtle. I could yeah, 800 pounds. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a huge. That's yeah. the scariest throat of any animal I've ever seen. <laughs> Spiky. Just anybody out there, yeah. Google. I hope it doesn't bring up anything super weird. But it turtle buttholes. <laughs> Don't do that. But <laughs> Google leatherback turtle throat. Well, and that's actually all all sea turtles have their throat is like that. little for the jellyfish. It's for jellyfish. I know yeah. that's for jelly. Yeah. yeah. It's so the food doesn't swim back out. Yeah. It's it's horrifying. Yeah. Like it definitely seems like if you were trying to torture somebody, you made them. Never mind. Flashlight from hell. <laughs> hey, Bill. It's oh, Bill. Bill. We're talking about turtle buttholes. It's, it's sober Bill. Sober Bill's not nearly as much. It's fun. sober Bill for now. <laughs> Wait till later. Wait till tonight. Wait till tonight, Bill. Bill, go do some work. He's been working. <laughs> oh, I think. Uh, so. So the primary three that we see are the greens, kimps, and loggerheads. Yeah, y'all aren't taking care of the VW bus of uh, turtles. No, thank God. That's a logistical nightmare. <laughs> like you'll see the pictures online of them, and people will like stand way back and make them look bigger. I'm like, you don't need to. Just go stand no, next to it. Yeah. Uh, they the have a big leather leather cast of the leatherback. No, the they have, they yeah. wanted yeah. to um, – well, you have the big drawing. So on, on, on yeah. the wall, this is kind of where I got – this is what I wanted to do with the pet store was with the tortoises. Oh, yeah. She has a big wall that has the sizes of the tortoises – or turtles – with the person standing next to them and shows the scale of them. And then at the turtle hospital on the keys, they have an actual resin cast yeah. of one. That's it's like, insane. Uh, you ever watch rescuers down under a little cartoon? Yeah. The cartoon. Mm-hmm. You remember? So like the birds coming in to land, he's radioing ahead and he says he's an albatross and they're going through all the birds on the chart, the chart. And then they get to the fucking albatross. It's like, no, you can't <laughs> yeah. land here. You can't land here. <laughs> that's what like, it is with sea turtles. Look at all yeah. the sea turtles. And all nope, of a sudden leatherback. Land. Nope. Can't land here. Yeah. Wow, can't they have 1500 pounds. Yeah. They're massive. They're, dude, it's yeah, eight feet, eight feet long. Wow, I didn't. Ever, I never realized it's that. a shit ton of turtle. Yeah, like I can't imagine having to rescue a full grown adult off a beach. Like that's. Mm-hmm. How did you get Are, my book back from Katie that I let her borrow like a year ago? Because I never have finished it. I think. So it's what? Right um, the bed. What would you tell people that are listening if they do come across something on the beach? What should they do? Um. Besides, call then, Amanda. No, no. Um, depends on what it, if it's a turtle. You can call eight six six turtle five. Um, that's the turtles, the state, the well, national, but statewide turtle rescue number. Uh, marine mammals is one eight hundred nine mammal. The good um, thing is nowadays everybody has something in their pocket where they can Google. Yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I was I, like, that's the, the, what she's doing is good information, but 
no touchy is what I was. Oh yeah, no touchy. No touchy. Yes. And don't if you if you do don't take it home. Yeah, and 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 there are a lot of people who take we we see this with Mario and Brandy a lot. There are people that take birds home, the fledglings and stuff, and they try to give them water. People do it with raccoons and possums and deer. And then they call me three days later and go, "It's not doing very well. Can you take it now?" Yeah. Yeah, because they're trying to. Yeah. Like drip water into a bird, and I'm like, you're to, killing it. To yeah. The, yeah, yeah, to the air hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're drowning it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, obviously no touchy. And there, and there are places out here that you can go and you can wade around, and the and the sea turtles will swim right up to you, but still against the law to to touch them. The only time I've been told was what one of the, <clears throat> um, I don't know, State Island State Park. They we, there was one that was wedged in the rocks. We were out there walking around. In between Fish Pass Jetty. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Fish Pass Jetty's two little jetties out there that are, it's it's a calmer beach, but you can walk in there and they're up there grazing and they'll swim right through your legs sometimes. Oh, wow. But there was one wedged in the rocks and the uh, park ranger told me that I could pick it up and, you know, remove it. And you got I got slapped. <laughs> by the turtle? Yeah. No, by, the, by the park ranger? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, got slapped by the turtle. Do you ever get, uh, like, Diamondback terrapins or any other like oh, other are, we turtles? do have them down here. Um, we have a, one resident. We have a resident at our facility that was confiscated. Yeah. Because um, they thought it was a red-eared slider. Because <laughs> they look so similar. Yeah, they're very. No, very he's similar. my buddy. Every time I go in there, I yeah, think, he's, they have other reptiles too. That's the cool thing. You can go in there in the in, in the Sea Life Center, and they've got yeah, we've got they've got their own animals and like educational stuff there. Cool. Actually, I just delivered another monkey tail skink. Um, to her this weekend. I'm sorry. Who, who James also said was mean. Yeah, James said it. Well, again, they're, they're born that way. Again, James said it was mean. Well, my female was always fine, but this male, she's fine. You, yeah. Well, I, like you said, he's just been. He's, yeah, he's not so. warm yet. Yeah. But yeah, there's a, they have educational animals other than native stuff here, but the diamondback terrapin's my favorite. Obviously, I got a tattoo of. I love diamondback terrapins. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we do get them occasionally, um, but we we will take in red-eared sliders, Texas tortoises. You just get turtles in and you go, and you have to go, thank you, and then you're just like, go back outside. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's it's because it's usually, you know, they're if they're walking across the road and people... They're don't. rescuing it. Yeah. No, just keep it... Like, we, used to, we used to get, like, common snappers all the time with the zoo. I'm like, thanks, and then we just go put it in the bayou in the back. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if the only ones that I'm really particular about that is Texas tortoises. Yeah. Because of the yeah. tortoise thing, but... um. Found this box turtle crossing the road. Box turtles don't get thirty pounds. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, so, someone's sulcata got loose. No, it's no, not that either. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but we, we'll take anything. And then even when Tim is when Tim's available, I mean, he'll, he'll do uh, venomous relocations and stuff like that. I won't do it, but he yeah. Will. Well, we've we've gone longer than I thought we were going to go. So See, that wasn't bad. See, was it wasn't. It? it wasn't horrible. It was no, we're painless. good. It's just yeah. us. Yeah. Just, you know, and the, hun- the tens of listeners? T- tens of listeners. Tens of listeners. <laughs> we picked up one more, I think, with that, to that little lizard girl. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, lizard girl. Maybe. Yeah. I'm going to steal her mask. Yeah. <laughs> Don't so, steal it. Just ask her where she got it. No. It's right. much more fun to So <laughs> let's get your, your, your elevator speech. If, if what, what do you need for people? How can they get a hold of you? What can they do? Um, you can find us on Facebook or um, website. We also have Instagram. Um, we need donations, volunteers, um, even just spreading the word on Facebook about our posts, about stuff like that. That's that's the main things we need. What's your Facebook page? Texas Sea Life Center. Texas Sea Life Center. What's your website? 
www.texasseelifecenter. Hold on, let me get your phone number. Uh, <laughs> org. I don't even know the yeah. website. Because I never even, I never give that to anyone because it, we yeah. don't use that very much. But yeah, no, really guys, I'll go help donate. And every time you see a post, it's, you know, they're, they're I, I mean, we've witnessed just, we've done releases with you guys just for birds, just mm-hmm. owls and gone out to a park and released them and the girls have freaked out, but all of the stuff that comes in, they're paying for this out of their own pocket and donations. So, well, and I'll say, as, as much as uh, social media is a horrible, horrible thing in, in society, the one good thing it does is for groups like you. If, mm-hmm. if people will just go like your page, right? And that way, whenever they see something posted, just share it. You'd be amazed at how often a random thing shared on Facebook right. will get a response from someone who yeah. never would have done it unless yeah. they just saw it pop up. Well, that and that video that um, Max. Max, Max did, that. That video raises a lot of money, yeah. uh, but through donate because we put a donate button on it yeah. and just everybody. It was great. It was great. So, so but that's gone. Yeah. Because forty pounds of fish per turtle every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, that is. Uh, not per turtle. That's total. Oh, okay. So six of them are eating forty pounds. Oh, a day. still, but a you said you had fifteen. Right that's now. forty pounds yeah. of fish. Yeah. Forty pounds. For six. For six. They have. Well, but the other ones eat lettuce. They have almost three times that. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah, but the yeah. other ones eat but lettuce. lettuce. They eat lettuce. I, I don't know. Lettuce can get expensive too. Birds, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Pears got to eat. Pear needs sweet potatoes. Pear needs sweet potatoes. Yeah, you got to, I mean, you need more of that porcupine shit. Yeah. Uh, but well, what's yeah. funny is like Debbie is here and a lot of the feeder people here at the end of the show, they just donate everything to them because they, awesome. they have reptiles and stuff too. Yeah. And stuff is yeah, and, cool. and the biggest f***ing hermit crab I've ever seen in my entire life. It's not it's alive. Not alive <laughs> but it's the size of that box it on was. the table It was there. huge. Jeez. Jeez. You haven't seen it yet? No. Holy crap. Next time y'all need to come and go to the Sea Life Center. Never I, do need, I do need to go. Well, the problem is you always yeah. come in on Friday night and then we'll, we'll leave come on in on Thursday. Uh, or stay till Monday. Jobs. Yeah, but on the um, summer, you Andy's, don't fucking Andy's have a job. Coming over. No, I did. Andy's coming over with his guys tonight if you want to come over tonight. Yeah. we're. It's right. It's close to the beach. Okay. We'll see. It really is. I don't know. My, my wife. It's, it's really not, cool. My wife, if it's not raining, I was told my wife it's has to go It's not going to be raining. See, we have to go to the beach. Not till late. But on the way to it's the beach, on the way, it's, on the way it's the right beach. there. Yeah, cool. it's, it's on the it's yeah. on the island. That'd be cool. Yeah. So we'll I'll talk. Joe would love to see the sea turtles. Too. She would. I'd love to see the sea turtle. I don't care about the kid. I don't care about you. You Forget want your kid. buttholes. <laughs> you want, you're the one giving herpes to sea turtles. <laughs> it's herps. herps. <laughs> so yeah, if you that's are that's a silly name. <laughs> do you know what that means? Yeah. You should have, have thought this th- one through. Have you ever thought about that? If you're at the beach party tonight, nobody park behind Amanda. Shut up. I hate you. Love you too. <laughs> but yeah, if you are if you are in the Corpus area, you've come to visit. Definitely go by and check out. Um, visit, donate, go check all the reptiles. The porcupine, apparently, the, it's not a porcupine. The porcupine drives me nuts. That's, have you ever seen the uh, st- the um, Family Feud thing where it's a uh, fin- it was basically finish this and it starts with pork and they get to the guy and he goes you pine and he <laughs> oops and Steve just stares at him. <laughs> uh, you pine. All right. Anyways, let's let's get out of here. Amanda, thanks for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Sean, thanks for filling in for Katie. Word. And bye.